We can barely contain ourselves over here, so we're just gonna go ahead and get started. This is the Demon Radio Games Cast here for another Games Club. Uh, today we're talking about Starfield. We played Starfield. Woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got the usual crew here: myself, Ryan, Alex, and. Wyatt are going to be our long haulers for this episode, and then Brett is our ringer who has played only part of the game. <laughs> yeah, like the first, like, uh, probably like four or five hours or something. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> yeah, probably. Gonna try to make this as controversial as possible, Brett. All right. That's, that's a nice hand <laughs> yeah, well, there. That... It'd be a exactly, shame if yeah. you put an S in front and an E behind it. Shut up. <laughs> 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 okay, to fill in how these things go for anyone that hasn't seen it before, uh, for our games clubs, we start off with a non-spoiler discussion. That's probably going to be a decent chunk of time for this one, because I think there's a lot we can talk about here without spoilering anything. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have a hard cutoff. That is, this is we're going to get into spoilers moment. We're going to say that, and then we're going to kick Brett out, and then we're going to get into talking I'll about die. spoilers. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, specifically for the main story, we're not planning to actually spoil the resolutions of any faction quests, but we will fully spoil the main story um, and talk about all the stuff surrounding that. So, no faction quest line spoilers for the end of faction quests. We will talk about them from like a, this is what's in the quest standpoint. So, if you don't want any of that, uh, hop off at the spoiler warning. All right, let's get started. So, Starfield, Bethesda Game Studios' newest thing weird little game experience they've thrown in front of us, and it's been a controversial one, I think, compared to... Yeah. Maybe controversial is not the, the right opinion, because I don't think it's actually controversial. <laughs> what but what like, else hasn't been controversial in the past review. couple of uh, Bethesda and uh, Zenimax releases? It's, unfortunately. Uh, well, well, here's the thing. I would say it's divisive. I think that's the best way yeah, to that's, put that's it. Yeah, that's a better word. But I and think I that's... Divisive. Compared to their previous re compared to their previous release, I would say that that's a massive improvement. Yeah, <laughs> their, their previous now, now is white. Is their previous release being like Fallout seventy six or yeah. Arcane's Redfall? No, no, no. I'm yes. talking about Bethesda. <laughs> well, yeah, you really uh, could throw either one of them in there. Yeah, either works, team. but in terms of like Bethesda developed, right? Yeah, primarily, it, they've gone from they've gone from. What the heck is this, Todd? You've ruined my childhood. To, eh? <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to preempt some of this because I think um, there's been a lot of discussion about this game from a lot of various perspectives of people who are and are not familiar with Bethesda's formula. Uh, in terms of game yeah. development, and a lot of people that haven't necessarily played a, a Bethesda game, because this was really high profile. Like Starfield, I think, is a game that Xbox, as a a like group of studios, conglomerate for Game Pass and whatnot. Starfield's really been the game that they've been shouldering a lot of weight onto. They've been like, this is mm -hmm. going to be the big release because Redfall missed. Uh, we didn't have a AAA <laughs> thing for like the entirety of 2022. To go on Game Pass, it was like a, a big deal. So, Ryan, Redfall didn't miss. The sequel. Redfall didn't miss. It didn't even go out of the dugout to like it to like home plate. Stumbled before hitting home plate. Like <laughs> it, 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 it was like it walking tripped. up the steps. It was like walking up the steps out of the dugout and then face planted right on and the ground exploding. as soon as it left. It, it tripped on its way to the car to drive to the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's really just unfortunate. Um, but. That's a not a Bethesda issue. That is a uh, 
arcane i think austin issue that you know yeah. not great but th this history of that game's development is also pretty wacky and i think it's a very different scenario than we were looking at with starfield uh yeah. starfield todd oh, yeah, howard's dream game reinventing it. Yeah. the labor yeah. of love yeah, yeah, The Labor of Love, Todd Howard's dream game, originally slated to come out, I believe, in 2021 was the original release date. And then yeah. uh, internally, at least, from like all the, the stuff we've seen surrounding this game originally and, and it got getting pushed back, it was meant to release then last year in November and then got pushed to this year. So, yeah, I, I think we've had a, a wacky state in terms of Starfield's development, but that means they've had a lot more polish time. Um, and this game is... A lot more functional than most yeah. other Bethesda games are at launch. Which is to um, not say it's perfect by any stretch. Absolutely of the not. No. But <laughs> it is functional. Uh, very, it is not a Fallout seventy six. Very interesting yeah. to see them uh, patch some typical uh, exploits that could be found in Skyrim, like the underground chest uh, stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's just the nature of like, because Bethesda's Skyrim came out in twenty eleven. And yes, there's been like re-released versions of it for eternity since then, for the last ten years. But Skyrim is like a from a different era of game development. It wasn't where really live service yeah, was not really, yeah. a a big thing. Like people weren't patching games as much. Um, so to see Starfield come out into that landscape and actually get patches and whatnot has been, I think, very encouraging. Though there's always the warning <laughs> here. The problem with any patch with a Bethesda game is always that every time a new patch comes out, it's gonna break mods, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. So <laughs> the game Along has with to other things at some in the point. base game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll let's say hop this into... too. It, I, I do want to say this in Go terms ahead. of like technical performance, right? Because I remember like one of the things that was that was uh, tossed around when people were playing the game but were under NDA and couldn't talk about it, it was like, oh, this is the most bug-free Bethesda game. I've played, like, however many hours and haven't seen, like, one bug. The thing is, this is one of those situations where the first third of the game is pretty good, and then the technical state begins to just decline afterwards. Oh, really? <laughs> and, you can, and you can tell that it was a lot of the testing was done. That's what it feels like, is that a lot of the testing was done and in that like first third, excuse me, in that mm -hmm. first third, and then it just kind of declines afterwards. Not to a point of like Fallout seventy six, but we'll get into some of the weird. Yeah, I would say not weird... even to the point of like something like Skyrim or Oblivion at their regular. No, states. it's mostly fine. It's mostly pretty good. I do want to get on to something that didn't break the quest, but was so so close to breaking the quest and breaking my patience at the same time. <laughs> Are we talking main It'll quest here, side quest? Companion quest, which I think I've already... Yeah, we'll get into it. Oh, Let's yeah, start yeah. with, like, what yeah. Starfield is and whether or not we oh, enjoy yeah. the game itself. <laughs> because we're, I think we're jumping RPG. the gun a little bit. It is a... <laughs> it's a Bethesda RPG. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is basically, like, first-person perks leveling up, uh, building a character. You, have, you pick your traits at character creation. They inform some of your playthrough. Uh, very standard Bethesda setup here, but I think they've done a good job actually fitting the RPG back into Starfield compared to Skyrim at times. Uh, it feels a lot of people going into Skyrim have to do things like modding to get a lot of those RPG elements back. And it feels like with Starfield, we actually got those in the base game, which is really cool. Um, and I think with good the nature of their... Um, here. With, with the nature of how you unlock and, you know, uh, upgrade perks and the, the limited nature of, of points that you can actually use really helps with... Um, 
uh, making more defined builds. Yeah, for uh, sure. As well for the game. Uh, I think this is the best perk system we've had in a Bethesda game at like launch state. Um, not to say that I think modders won't improve it over time or that Bethesda won't come up with something better for Elder Scrolls Six or whatever, but I think this is probably the most functional one that we've had baseline um, that feels like all your choices are pretty meaningful. You can level up your individual perks. Uh, I've got like small problems. Like I think you should probably, the way this game scales, I think should have just had like a different XP curve that should not be. High level shouldn't take you much longer to acquire than low levels because you need so many perk points. Like <laughs> You need so many to do the uh, the things they want you to do in this game past a certain point. Because a lot of like basic functions are locked behind perks, which I'm a fan of. I personally think that is probably... Yeah. A, a good thing if I'm, it was signposted better i do think they do a bad job of like telling you that that's the case but yeah like there's uh what, what are some of the things you can't use a boost pack you can't pickpocket you can't even sneak uh until you, you can like, sneak you, can you don't get any of the meters without it yeah and I'll, well also it's you're also very easy to detect yeah as well before the yeah you'd be like, like actually just trying to crouch to avoid someone in real life mm-hmm yeah, it, uh, there was a much. It was it was a it was a really nice kind of like progression in terms of the things that you can do in the game. Because I feel like what I see a lot nowadays is with skill trees or perk trees, whatever you want to call them. You have all of your base abilities at the start, and then everything else is just kind of like boring stat upgrades. Which and and small stat upgrades boring. too. It's like we've really moved to getting a 05 percent upgrade is considered an upgrade, and I'm like. It is not. not. Oh, this rune will give me 0.2% frost like extra frost damage. If I can't as a player feel the difference when I get an upgrade, it's not worth it as like a incremental like skill tree thing um, in a lot of cases. I I just feel it's not not super rewarding. So Starfield, I think, took a a good direction with it to make them feel pretty impactful. Like the smallest Mm -hmm. damage boost I think you can get is like 10% at a minimum. So Mm -hmm. everything feels pretty weighty and impactful. Um combat here is way better than I think uh, Fallout 4's like baseline was, because I think that's mm-hmm. the most comparable thing that Bethesda's done, and haven't played a ton of 76, so I don't know if it's better there, but the gunplay here is pretty good. It's not Destiny level, it's not anything like that, but it's good. It's solid for being an RPG. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the important it, thing to go to know going in, is that it still is an RPG and not a pure first-person shooter. So, like, skill is not... If you want... If you want to use guns, spec into them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the uh, the biggest improvement combat-wise, because I, I did play a, a fair bit of Fallout 4 before go- moving into Starfield, because um, I wanted to compare the combat specifically. Um, one thing that I think was a massive improvement is that their uh, combat arenas or their combat spaces are, like, bar none the best. Yeah, the level design it, here is, like, not even... It, it is in a different league than most other Bethesda games. Like... They yeah. really did a good job with level design in almost every area of this game. There's really there's really good flow to a lot of the, the combat spaces, especially ones in, like, faction quests or uh, main campaign missions where you can tell they got the most amount of uh, attention. I think it was really the... well done. Because, like, cause playing, like, Fallout 4, it's like you're in these, like, awkward little buildings sometimes with, like, tons of rubble everywhere, and you're shooting at tiny little spaces. It just... It was kind yeah, of a and mess. I think that some things that really achieve that i think is you've got the level design is just better but also you can lean in this one if you're up against cover and you hold the right mouse button or the the left trigger when you're aiming you'll lean out of cover to actually be able to shoot and then pop back in when you let go which is 
just a thing that wasn't doable in Fallout games, and it feels really good here. Uh, mm. It means you actually can use cover a lot more effectively. Um, you've got better, much better like variety here. They do a good job of accounting for different play styles of like most, even the randomly generated buildings will have different ways to tackle situations inside of you'll have vents that you can move through if you want to stealth you'll have just the guns blazing straight in um being good with technology unlocks different pathways so you can like interact with stuff that you wouldn't be able to interact with normally which is very fun it was cool to um and we'll get on to how this game kind of reuses a lot of you know uh buildings and sites and a lot of their randomly generated planets but one nice thing is that um you know having these like all-inclusive combat spaces mixed with all of the skills and the things that you can eventually spec into. It was really fun to tackle the same spaces, but in different ways now that I'm far more leveled up without having to like backtrack or do new game plus or something. So that really helped with um, uh, variety in terms of like clearing out the same building. You can really feel the difference between like low level and high level here, which I think is very important. In a really interesting way, it it felt, like with the revisiting areas i i was still i i wouldn't say that i got bored or tired but it's definitely very noticeable when you run into like the same cave or dungeon you know multiple times um mm-hmm. but it felt well well it wasn't entirely negative or positive it was interesting in how it it felt like uh playing a pvp first person shooter where you know you're you're practicing the map and getting used to it yeah, for sure. Um, fair warning, I am. We're not going to spoil anything major here, but we are going to talk about everything that was shown in like the direct that came out way back, including things that we didn't have gameplay details for that were shown, aka the space magic. So if you don't want to hear about that, uh, don't listen to this next bit because I'm about to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I think largely the the powers here are pretty cool. I don't know, Brett, if you got to them, if you. Because you could no, easily just, like, not. not if you don't do the main oh. story immediately. Um, yeah, but that first that. power you get of, like, the anti-gravity field, super satisfying. I think that's one of the, the most creative powers that Bethesda's done of, like, it's a thing that is just completely non, like, offensive, but is really cool method of crowd control. Uh, mm-hmm. I think is a lot more fun than basically every other power in the game. <laughs> you do get some I'm, cool I'm ones not, later on. But. I'm not entirely sure... If it's as you know iconic as Fusro Da, I don't know if they were trying to make it that way. It it, it Never, is very nothing fun. Nothing will though. ever be. Like nothing that. will ever matter. But I, <laughs> but I but I do have just a, an absolute insane amount of fun with the 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 force push. Yeah, uh, the gravity that they wave have. thing. Yeah, yeah. There's I lots mean, of fun stuff here. As a as a hoarder, I got a lot of use out of the uh, personal atmosphere, which means you know if you're sprinting, you don't use any O2. So if you're over encumbered like I am for eighty percent of the game, you don't run into that O2 issue, and you can just sprint, get wherever you need to go, and it's it's really nice that they kind of catered to uh to uh, hoarders. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The powers are generally really fun. I just want to bring them up because I, I think they did a good job of incorporating space magic in a way that's not overpowering, but is also still, like, they're very satisfying to use, and they feel impactful, except for some of them. Like, the, the direct damage one is just really weak, so... The direct, the, the plasma it's, it's, bas- it's the equivalent the of, like, a fireball from any yeah, other solar flare. Bethesda game, but it, it's very weak. It doesn't really do much. Um, and a few other ones are also like that, but most of them are, are pretty different and very fun. Uh, I'll, I'll you can say, do things uh, like have summons if you want to, which are cool. I'll say narratively too, I like how 
they didn't feel too out of place because it's all mm -hmm. based on gravity, right? Mm. Um, which, you know, we'll get into. But um, it was it was a nice way of taking this very, like, realistic depiction of, you know, like a sci-fi future and then having mysterious alien powers that don't feel silly or out of place. I think they, like, they threaded that needle really, really well. Yeah. Except for maybe calling the Detect Life spell since Star stuff. That's, <laughs> that's the name of that one's really funny to me. Um, all right, so we've talked about gameplay. We've talked about a lot of our positive thoughts about things. I do want to get into negatives early on, because I think we are going to have a lot of positives to say once we get into the spoiler section. And I think, spoiler alert for like our feelings on the game, at least three of us are pretty happy with our Starfield experience, I would say. Um, I am. <laughs> and one of us played four to five hours. Yes. I think that... Uh, one one of the pervasive thoughts that keeps coming back to me after I'm not immediately playing it, uh, or like you know in, in the you know, the the aftermath of you know finishing mm -hmm. a Starfield session, I'm just like, it it felt like the equivalent of video game junk food. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I think it was very it's very fun and satisfying in the moment. And then when you look back on it, it's like one one of one of the I guess the the pain points for me was you know after how long this game's been developed, it didn't it, it, at least when I think back on it, it didn't really um evolve or do anything new with the Bethesda formula. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about actually first. I think Alex, because I think you've really nailed in on something there. That is, I think a lot of people's biggest problem with this game, which is. This is a Bethesda game that didn't evolve exploration, despite, like, theoretically being about exploration. Um, and, like, I agree with you. If I'm not doing a faction quest or, like, a, an actual side quest or something that I found, it can just feel like you're doing functionally nothing when you're playing this game for, like, a, yeah. a smaller session um, compared to a lot of other games. Uh, it just feels like there's very little reason to do a lot of the exploration that they try to push on to you and i'm specifically talking about things like landing on uncharted planets and landing areas oh my god the game needs vehicles so bad dude it really does it oh needs it god. so bad they were like funny so i don't know the game was so small that. scale that it doesn't need vehicles and okay but so then, oh, the closest thing to my <laughs> landing site <laughs> is 1000 meters away yeah, I'm gonna it's a complicated... hit this for a second because I think I think this is one of the few complaints I have with a game where I have actual authority um, because I'm functionally <laughs> a level designer, um, and a level design principle that's very important when you're doing anything that players can explore. And like this doesn't this isn't limited to open world. It's anything that players can explore. You want there to be something interesting at least every minute, right? You. And, and that's on the far end. Like, really, you want it to be less than that, but some games are it's slower like 40 paced. Seconds. Like, it's, if you're making a JRPG or something, you want it to be a, a little bit slower paced and whatnot. Yeah. But there needs to be like something, something in the distance that you could see. Yeah, you need to be able to see towards. something that you want to go to. Starfield completely fails at this. It is. No, yeah, it doesn't do any of that. <laughs> if you want to go do an interesting thing, you've got them on your map. They are. About, generally about like 600 to 1,000 meters apart, and it's just walking. Like, it's just mm -hmm. slowly walking. Maybe, maybe some jumping if there is a rock or a thermal vent yeah. in your way. <laughs> and nothing interesting will happen on the way. I can guarantee you that because 
you might get some bounty hunters that fight you. But oftentimes they'll just land too far away and then not engage you anyway. Oh my god! So. Yeah, the amount of times I've seen a ship come down and I'm just like, oh wow, I can't wait to see if like it's someone friendly for once or if it's like another horde of bad guys I get mm -hmm. to test a power on, and then it's 700 meters back the way I came. And that's the thing, like these encounters and random events can actually be pretty fun. Like I, I don't think that they're a waste of time in, in the way that a lot of uh, people have complained about with this, but I do think they're just too far apart. Like you spend too much time traveling. Oh, I mean. I mean the the first uh, like like the first time and then the subsequent times that a, a like a spacer ship would land and then I kill everyone that that landed on the planet and then ran up into the ship killed the entire crew and then took the ship for myself. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, but it sucks when you have to walk five minutes to do it, like <laughs> because it means... actually five minutes. Yeah, it, legitimately, like <laughs> you hit a point. It's... I think where you're just. The risk, not even the risk reward, the, the dopamine hit of whatever's at the end is not worth the five minutes of monotony that is walking yeah, and just, holding the W key. It's it's a brain stimulation issue. Like I I, I don't mind I don't mind the more like grounded uh like what do they call it? Like cassette future aesthetic where like the, the planets are like Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like like like, like the, the, the planets for the most part are I mean, if they're not a real planet, like, they're kinds of planets that you could feasibly set foot on in real life someday in the next, like, thousand years or something. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I don't mind, like, like Mars is just Mars. Like, there's nothing fancy <laughs> about it. It's just Mars. It is a red rock in the middle of nowhere that has nothing on it. That's fine. But if I could traverse like even twice as fast as regular like walking speed yeah. uh it would make that like because because i they, i respect their decision to have that kind of environmental design because i think it works and it actually looks really nice when you'd like like agree with that that's what they're trying to tackle i think they did that very well but it doesn't lend itself to like the here's an interesting thing every like 30 seconds or whatever at least at like walking pace because like again like we said they're just miles away and there's like a waypoint of i don't even know what this means I guess I should care because there's a waypoint for it, but I don't know what this word is yeah. in context of the game or what the symbol is because I haven't Especially gone to one like, yet. The general quest formula of this game is land, do something, get up, go to a different spot, land, walk to thing, and do it. But yeah. the walk to thing part is just way too much of it. It's well, it's, generally it's, way it's too much. It's interesting. It's interesting too because I, I. I can't really say with any certainty, but I'm going to say with a tiny bit of certainty that this exact thought was going through most, you know, people working at Bethesda. They're like, okay, to, it's we're running so around too much. So here's the thing. There's two solutions, right? I, I kind of understand why there isn't vehicles because there's already so much going on in this game already that having to develop different vehicles that have their own controls and their own physics and stuff would just like tack on so much extra dev time. I understand why it wasn't done. The solution... I, in my mind, was just to make the the area that you land on a lot shorter, like a lot mm -hmm, smaller, mm -hmm. and then you yeah, can have those, those together. And then you yeah. can have those those points of interest kind of uh, like I, more I closely would be packed together. Okay, like running into the invisible walls, if you know everything was like two thirds closer together. 
Yeah, and like the invisible no wall issue is also way overblown because I've yet to see one. I've played like over yeah, same hours here. of this game. So unless I'm specifically running in one direction, like which you won't do because it, it's incredibly or, boring. Or one <laughs> yeah. more than any sane person would do, and two more than people with who have like sped up, who have used speed hacks on the game. Going five times as fast, it took someone ten minutes walking, uh, running in one yeah. direction to hit something. But I, I think back to what Wyatt was talking about, about, like, spacing things out and whatnot. I think this is one of the few things where, like, looking at No Man's Sky is kind of important. Um, and other first-person games, including games like Skyrim and Fallout. Because I, I think they do this way better as well, of having points of interest along your pathway. Of Like, Skyrim is really good at having little vignettes of content in, in the open world. As you're walking around, you'll see, like, a Spriggan wandering by or something. And you're like, oh, that's cool which is enough to like get you to push to walk to wherever you need to go, right? It's, it's enough of an interesting thing to make you go to the next point of interest. Here there is just, the map tells you exactly where points of interest are, and you know exactly where they are, and so you have to walk exactly there, and you know there will be precisely nothing on the way, aside from maybe some wildlife, um, maybe a, a neat-looking plant or something that you can't interact with, but yeah, it, well, it feels can, bad. You can scan it, it'll give you 2 XP, and if you scan every other plant on that planet, then you might get a little money if you sell it to a particular person. Yeah. It's, um, there's also scanning as a mechanic is um, the interesting flavor-wise, but not really worth... Like, it would be fun in a different game, and with. that game is No Man's Sky. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's the the unfortunate thing. I I think they landed at like the the whole idea of the exploration half of this game is just very, and, and saying half is very generous here. I think because it's really, if you play this game looking for exploration, you will be disappointed. Yeah, um, it's it, it's not an ex, yep. it's not an exploration game. It's yeah, not a if you play this game looking for a typical Bethesda game and ignore exploration, you'll have a much better time. But th that's where this gets hard because I think in other Bethesda games. Uh, like Oblivion and Skyrim and whatnot in Morrowind, exploration is, is a lot more rewarding than it is in Starfield. Uh, yeah. Starfield, you really need to be prompted to go somewhere to know that you'll find something interesting. And it's like, I have no way of knowing where I'm going to find side quests that isn't the main hubs. Like, I don't know if I'm going to yeah. land on a planet that will have something interesting until I go there, which involves really just sitting in menus or um, hopping between loading screens. Which is not a, a thing I have a huge issue with. Like I'm, I don't feel the complaint of like there's too many loading screens in this game generally, um, but I do think it would be just more fun if like on the ground you had more movement options. Like even No Man's Sky had the the bug where if you meleeed, quick meleeed, and then jumped, you yeah, would get yeah, like, yeah. a huge burst of speed. <laughs> then they kept it in the game because it was really fun. Um, and and speaking of that, I have a question for you. So I. I looked, just to remind myself, I took a look at all of the different alien powers you can get, right? Because I wanted to ask this question, and if it's already in the game, then I wasn't even going to ask it. Yeah. But if the game gave you one of the alien powers where you could just run really fast. Like, like especially if it was just, like, an out-of-combat thing of, like, you run faster when you're out of combat. There, so there, would that, would the, that fix the problem? There's the gravity yeah. dash that they have. But I with, it's know, not the, with not the power the same, that it though. takes up, yeah, it, it's not. It's not the it, same. It doesn't fill the need. Yeah, I, I think they really just needed they needed a gameplay mechanic around travel here if they were gonna make yeah. it so that all your points of interest were very far away and also marked on your map to begin with. Um, it's it's almost kind of like the Ubisoft problem that Ubisoft games have of like yeah, a giant open world filled with nothing. 
fill, or filled with just too much stuff. Like Ubisoft has the problem that it's filled with too much, but all of it's monotonous. Like none of it is is interesting enough to grab your attention. You can't say um, that, that their games don't have content, but whether you actually want to like engage in those or not is like yeah. completely different. It, it's it's a really hard problem to solve, I think, here because it is like the case of there's a thousand planets in this game. It would feel really weird if every planet you landed on had everything t clustered really tightly, but I think it would play better. Like I, I think it it's would. honestly it just a, a problem of they made the sort of realism sacrifice it's, here. It's, yeah, it's a video game. I it's cool that they had like all the planets accurately spaced out from each other. Um, but if you're not going to do a rover or something, fun. Yeah, we need some either ground vehicle or method of travel on ground being more fun. Because that, that's again yeah. the No Man's Sky thing of like No Man's Sky. You have exo vehicles. You've got multiple options for traversing ground you can lift your ship up into the air and then fly around and that will get you to the point you need to go exactly um and there's like there is a a series of decisions you make when you're traveling in that game that is, is fun to engage with and loops back into the systems of like well if i do this i need i'm gonna need to get fuel for that thing later and starfield just doesn't have that like it's it's not i mean even got even anything games... on that that level of like how to solve the travel problem I mean, even games, even space games that are much smaller in scale still have more of a, of a means of transportation. Mm -hmm. Perfect example, uh, Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect Andromeda exactly. have the Mako and the Nomad. Oh, no matter, here's the thing. No matter what you have to say about Mass Effect Andromeda as a game, driving around the Nomad was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> love a vehicle really like that good. in Starfield, especially with the different gravities. Exactly, because if you, if you have a vehicle that's fun to drive, it doesn't matter if there's nothing in between your points of interest because you're going to have fun okay. just doing the driving. I'm so, going to ramp it off that rock. Yeah. yeah, if they have different gravities, wow, like, what's this jump going to do with this specific gravity? Like, how far can I get? That's still more... Exactly, like, I, and I think that Mass Effect 1's a really good comparison here, because I actually think that's probably the most similar game to what this is. Like, I think if, if you want something that feels like Mass Effect 1 in terms of the loop of going to different planets and doing different side quests and whatnot and having main quests to go do, this is really hit on that for me. Of Like, yeah. this felt like Mass Effect 1, which is... Weirdly enough, I think my favorite Mass Effect game, bizarrely. I get that that's a weird opinion. I've played all of them. <laughs> all the others have better gameplay, yes, but there's something about Mass Effect 1 that I think just hits right. Um, and I think a lot of that is to, to Todd Howard talked a lot about the illusion of scale being really important, and I think he's right about that. I think he's right that the illusion of scale was really important, but it also needs to be fun. And it's missing the, yeah. the second layer there of like... Really, we just needed a rover. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter I, I, if it's not yeah. upgradable or customizable. We just need something to get around. The, they accidentally let the illusion become real, and they made it actually <laughs> really big. And well, that's it, a problem. And here's the interesting thing, too, is that with all of these, um, like, random assortment of, of activities or locations that are on any given planet, right? There are some that I've only run into once. And there was a good yeah. stretch of time where I was just hopping from planet to planet just to see what was there. It's not that they don't have a lot of things to go in and explore. There's all sorts of interesting little things that they can pack in the, this, the same kind of like, you know, space that they have. Like one thing that I only ran across once was a bunch of, I think they were just like UC Marines, right? They were in this little, like, like hovel, this little homestead. And they put in a bunch of robots for like target practice and they were supposed to be going throughout this like little area and just shooting robots to like practice their squad formations, like just that little is... stuff. And like and like, there's there was a lot more of these like random, uh, like 
events or moments than, than I was expecting. And it's like, you can put more of them around. You don't just have to have four on every planet, on every yeah. little area. You can, you can have more of them. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and I I think that that's another really good point. It's not that there is not interesting content here. It's just that it's really hard to know if you're going to get the interesting content where you're going. Um, and I think in particular, something that really has made me think about like how they do planet generation and stuff because I think it's super interesting. They have really cool tech as to how all this stuff is generated. Like when you go back to a planet, um, the entire planet is generated. It's not that like it, it's going to be the same as other people. The points of interest will be different, so those are, are different between players. But um, the actual geography and everything is still the same. And what's really interesting is you, there are like places you can go to that you'll see like the biome transitions uh, between different biomes and like the transition to coastline. But you have to be so precise with your landing it spot. It requires mods, basically. Yeah, which is be... crazy because those are the coolest areas in the game and it just makes it almost impossible to find them. Um, because you have to like nail down on these specific like percentage parts of, of the planet. Uh, and it just feels like that should have been most things. Like I... I legitimately think like that them allowing you to land anywhere on every planet means it's so much harder to find the cool spots to land, and I would have much preferred that they had just like for some planets they do this and they have landing sites. I wish every planet that had like a cool thing would get a landing site along that cool thing, where it's like here's where you land to find the interesting stuff around the space. Because um, yeah, it just often feels like there's there's very little there. It's unfortunate because it, it does exist. It is in the game. It's just hard to find. Um, yeah, it's it's a wacky situation that they put themselves in with this. Yeah. Um, and I wacky. hope Elder Scrolls Six doesn't work this way. Like I, I if it if it does, it might be a game ruiner. I I think Elder Scrolls Six because a lot of theories are going around that they're going to use this like planet gen tech to generate Nern or something, and that will be like. The point of Elder Scrolls Six. I don't know that that's true like at how all. They, that's completely. You mean like how they would do the the random how they did the random generation uh, in Daggerfall? Yeah, like that. That's sort of the theory here, which I think it might work better if it's just one which, planet than many planets. Which a funny enough comparison. Uh, the yeah the the transition between points of interest was as empty as Daggerfall. Yeah. Uh, oh, except in Daggerfall, you had the option to fast travel there, and it was an interesting thing with, like, okay, it's going to cost this many resources, well, here, this many days. You have that's the thing. Like, if you're going to do that loading screen system, you can make it interesting. You just need to have things happen along the way. And it feels like they'd often just won't. Well, here's, here's my question. This is why I'm, I'm being represented by the funny Norman Rockwell meme. Uh, I, this, is, this is my first Bethesda game. This is... I, I, I've been... Much like how uh, Elden Ring came out and everyone and their grandma heard about it, and then Armored Core came out and all the people that just know from saw from Elden Ring were like, "What? This is <laughs> I I I uh, Star Starfield has been in in the zeitgeist now for long enough for other people mm -hmm. to care that are not Bethesda fans. I've I've never played a Bethesda game before. This is my first one. What? Because I I've heard a lot of opinions on this. Uh, would you guys would you guys consider this to be like a really good Bethesda game? Like just not like no like specific things like what how how would no. you I, I would this say this is be... a really good game, but it's not a good Bethesda game. In terms of like it's missing the the reason I referred earlier is like exploration being the second half, even though it's not like half of the game in Starfield. 
every other Bethesda game, it is half of the game. Okay. I, and I, I think that's the aspect that's missing, is like making that exploration fun. Um, I, I, I want to be really clear here that I'm being very negative, but I really like this game. Like, there's there's mm-hmm. both there, there's room to really like this, but also have problems with it. So I want to be clear I, about that. that like, it's not that I don't like the game, but I, I see I where the a, issues are. I have a slightly different take on it in that I, I really like Bethesda games, and specifically because of something that Ryan and I have talked about, is that they fill a specific niche that not a lot of other developers can really fill in, like, in the the uh in especially in like the scale that they can right it's just kind of them and obsidian and like that's kind of it <laughs> um, yeah you can maybe but, count cyberpunk but cyberpunk's not gonna hit that for i think most people yeah but the the thing for me is that as much as i do enjoy playing bethesda games i kind of bounce off of them and i have a really hard time like finishing one you know this one was, was I feel like, the first time I've played a Bethesda game where it really held my attention, like, for the longest out of any Bethesda game that I've played. And I think a lot of that is is down to the setting. I just find sci-fi more interesting than, like, fantasy. Um, but, I don't know. Like, I think the main, like, the... We'll get I think it helps that, like, the story. main mechanics are better here. Like, there's... It, like, it feels... It's more moment fun to, to moment. It, moment to moment. Yeah, the, uh, the, the moment to moment is a lot more fun for me. Like I said, that, that, that... Those perk trees really kept me engaged. That was, like, one of the main driving forces was... It, yeah, and, like, this one has... It has a good moment. loot system, too. We haven't talked about the good loot yeah. system. Um, I, I think that makes it really interesting to find new gear. Good, uh, it, interesting gear, but another one of the problems that i really hope doesn't bode well for es6 uh for me is that with with each game that they've done they have lessened and lessened the amount of armor you're able to equip there there, there are so many fewer there are so many fewer equip slots and i am horrified that we might get uh just two pieces in six which is just helmet and body I I hope Elder Scrolls Six doesn't go that way. Um, I really hope I like my dream, which I know isn't going to happen, but I I can I can dream is that it goes back to the level of Morrowind. You know, with yeah, with uh level of Morrowind with the support that they have from Xbox because it's that was it was so fun. It, for people so that haven't played it, you can kind of like layer your armor in Morrowind. Yeah, there's layered clothing. You can have like undershirts, robes, and you can uh, you can turn that into padded clothing. Uh, then there's armor on top of that, uh, it's, and then you can put robes on top of armor or armor on top. Of, it's 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 very interactive. The, and then there's there's also things like with um, greaves versus boots. There's pants and boots uh, parts, and even things like right and left pauldrons. See that sounds awesome but i like imagining that in the way that starfield's ui is set up makes yeah me it would want be yeah Star- there's also the been ui is the next the negative mods. i think we gotta talk well, because about that, with, UI. with the it's mods the there was also an immediate fix for those and we're just like oh yeah that, that yeah <laughs> like i so th- that's that's the reason that i that i asked the the question of it would you guys consider this a, a very good bethesda game because i've i've seen i've seen I mean, obviously, this is just my uh, view of my corner of the internet that has been algorithmically catered to exactly what my brain wants, apparently. 
Um, uh, I, I've, I've seen a bunch of people be like, oh, this is like the, the, the best Bethesda experience. And it's just like after, after playing what I have of it mm. and after stopping, I was just like, wow, well, I guess I just don't want to play another Bethesda yeah, game then, with, because if with, this is a really good example of one that I've, they're just not for me at all. With with um, Morrowind being my favorite role playing wise, coming coming from the Morrow boomer, I I feel like the 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 Delta like what I was talking about before with this being sort of like you know fast food or junk food gaming, uh, with the Delta between how I enjoy it while playing and then how I think back on it afterwards, I feel like this I. I still think it's good, but I don't think I could call this a very good mm. uh, game in general. It, it's it's I, a good game in general. It's not Bethesda's best, yeah, but it's, it's still it's, good, and it keeps me coming back and playing it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, like, any comparison to previous Bethesda games is totally fair because that's what you do when a company releases a new game; you compare it to their previous work. Totally fair, but at the same time, to me, it's like. It's almost like a different beast in terms of like. Well, yeah. it's a new IP. What a, Bethesda, what a Bethesda game is, and it's really, I'm I always push for like because this is the Ubisoft problem, right? Of like if you have different franchises, especially like if you're known for like we're the RPG guy, we're the strategy guy. If you have different franchises, make them feel different from one another. Yeah, right? instead of just like, doing the same thing. Like over and over. Ubisoft games, it's like you play Assassin's Creed Valhalla and you play. Uh, you know, Far Cry Six. It's like, yeah, one of them you you hit things with an axe, and the other one you shoot things with a gun. But like, God, they feel so similar, right? Whereas with like, mm. I I like how Starfield feels a lot more like compartmentalized in in terms of like, okay, now you're in your ship specifically. Now you're in Aquila City. Now you're in a floating space station or something. And it 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 kind of feels more like a Bioware game in a sense. And I like how that feels different from like. Oh, Fallout, big open world, walk around and explore. Skyrim, big open world, walk around and explore. It's it feels so different here. And like we've said, the the exploration isn't perfect, but I like how it feels different. I like just how compartmentalized things are. Uh, cuz it just I I think it fits the setting really well. Um, maybe that just helps with my ADHD brain and trying to stay focused a I, little I do bit think, more. I think there but... probably is something to be said, particularly for you, Wyatt. I think what might be hitting that for you is just there's a lack of distraction here um, compared <laughs> well, yes to... And no. <laughs> yes and no, but I think outside of like the main cities, there is a, a real like ability here to finish a quest that you started without getting pulled off of the path. Which I think yeah, does definitely. really help the faction quest lines and other stuff, where it feels like you can really go in. And they also did a much better job of like making them feel different, where you're not going to be the leader of every faction at the end. Like, there's not yeah. a oh, thank God. Every I'm one so of them has their own that. context and their own stuff, and like maybe you will be leader of one of them, but it's like a, it's a unique situation where everything feels like it was designed very differently compared to Skyrim, which most of the faction quests were just very homogenous. Um, that said, I, I think if you were expecting that, like, a lot of people, I think, love the diversion factor of, of Elder Scrolls, of, like, I'm going to get diverted to do this other thing. And I say specifically Elder Scrolls because I think Fallout also is a lot worse at this. Uh, and by worse, I just mean that they don't try to do it as much, whereas Elder Scrolls really does go for, we're going to pull you off of the path to do things, um, and we're going to have you go do this other stuff, and it's going to be, like, a whole world to explore. And I think a lot of that in Starfield comes down to just setting of space is so much more as you just said why compartmentalized and 
different. Like you have to have this sort of separation from an individual landmass. Whereas like if you're playing Oblivion, Morrowind, or Skyrim, or or Fallout, any of the Fallout games, uh, you're in one like region of one space, and they really nail into the history of that region. And I think for some people that that depth of getting to know a single location is really interesting. Whereas in Starfield, it's more about get to know the whole star sector that you're in and what's going on. And there. I, and and to be clear, I do like both approaches. Maybe it's just because we've gotten so many open world game re- games recently. For something like this, that again more compartmentalized, maybe just feels more fresh to me, and that's why it was more engaging. But I, I it, like the compartmentalized stuff is the best stuff in the game by far. Like, yeah. Like, listen, even if, you know, even if this is your 10th science research station that you've come across, there's a lot of things that they pack into that one science station. Even if it's just, a lot of it is, like, useless junk. It looks cool. You can pick things up and put it down in your ship for decoration if you want to. It's it's really luscious, like, use of space <laughs> in these yeah. in these. Which moments. does bring me to another thing that I, th- I think, Alex, you hinted at this earlier, which is... Uh, the copy-paste sections. So there is, because of the random generation, there is, if you get the same thing, which in my first playthrough, I never happened upon the same thing twice. And that was really, really good feeling. But at the same time, it, that was partially because I, I tended to avoid going to, like, if I saw a science station that looked the same from the outside, I would just keep going. Like, I wouldn't go stop at it or something. But if I didn't... On my second playthrough, I've seen like three of the same station and not many of the others. And it just feels like the the generation's a little weird and that you can really end up seeing the same thing a lot, depending on how lucky yeah, you are. I got, I, I've gotten the same cave lay that, layout four to five times per game or new game. I've gotten the same sort of, you know, like the ecliptic uh base camps mm-hmm. are, are all the same for how they're laid out it's their their levels are fun for how they're lay, laid out but they're all the same yeah and i think especially something that, that is missing here in the non-story related stuff is just context of like why is this thing here because of the random generation like it's very clear that they can't have reasons for everything to be there yeah. but you'll land on like the the furthest out of the way place and it'll be like oh, this is an uncharted planet, and then there will be, like, six science stations in the spot that you landed on. I'm like, this Human feels weird. Human settlement? This what are you doing here? I'm in the middle of an electrical storm. How did you guys survive? Which I think would be fine if this were in the context of, like, um, after the events of Mass Effect 3 or something, where, like, everything has been... There's, like, a lot of forgotten space around. Uh, but uh, this doesn't really justify that in any way, so it just feels we're weird. Only- they're only I think they, they kind of justify it to be fair. Um, I don't think it's the strongest justification, but they it's there. is the colony war between the two factions. But if you go to the right. other end of the starfield and land on a planet there, that like there is no way this was involved in the colony war. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's wacky. Yeah, I do wonder if this um, would have been more controlled if they like just cut the number of planets in half, just cut the amount of it down. Or just make the spaces smaller. I'm fine with that. Because there, there's yeah. so smaller many planets that are just dense with stuff. Like it, it's nice that they have like the three dots that you can see, so you, it tells you where there's points of interest on a thing. And, so, mm-hmm. and the things are just that are just barren are just barren, and therefore maybe That's... resource or scan yeah, data. Yeah, that is very or... nice. There, there's one thing I can give them is that they make it very clear how empty 
in some there, cases. There are absolutely <laughs> yeah. some like uh, star systems that are just there uh, with literally nothing in them to be a fast travel waypoint because you're uh, because like two points uh, between a quest were too far away light year jump wise and they needed something in between. Yeah, but it's uh, also I, no content. I think part of my my issue with that sort of approach is I think the most interesting stuff in this game is the stuff that's like, oh, we landed on this like cryo base. It's got these big ice spikes coming out from an ice planet or whatnot. Like that stuff is the most interesting, but it's also the hardest to find. Because yeah. they're on the barren planets, or they're on spaces that you wouldn't want to land on normally, and I, I feel like contextual. yeah, like I almost think what would have been useful here is like an orbital scan or something that gives you an interesting point of interest to land at, which is functionally what happens if you go to like the mission kiosks and do missions off of them. That's kind of how that works, but it is just a case of like I would love to see more variety in things, um, and yeah, I'll talk about more of this stuff in the spoilers section because I think some of it involves that, but. Uh, I, I just would like to see more like creative space stuff here of like we're we have like a xenofauna research facility or something that's just random stuff and not tied to the main story like I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to do something like that in the open they, world areas yeah. but they try and give some some buildings some context because I, I was with Sarah most of the time and I'm sure the other companions mentioned things too it's like you'll you'll go to some random abandoned research stations like oh wow the like the the discoveries they've made here is like light years ahead of anything that we that we have at uh, Jemison or anything like that. It's like okay, expand on that more. What does that mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> I need a specific. And I think part of it is that most of the NPCs you find that are random don't have names. And yeah. this is like a little thing for me because I I recently played through Skyrim with a mod that gives every NPC, even if they're just a guard or something, a name. It does nothing. There is no other change. But the like immersion feeling from that is dramatic. Oh um, wow, that band that that bandit's name was Bolly Wobblesticks. Yeah, like I wonder I, if he had a family. I really think Starfield would have benefited from something like that. Of we're going to name every character so that if you speak to them, they have a name in the box and it doesn't just say like yeah. photographer or something. Oh, I mean, if you want if you want that kind of feeling in a game that isn't modded, I mean. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Like everyone has their, everyone has a name. Everyone has a background. And Watch Dogs One and Two. Like they both do that yeah, as well. Exactly. Um, and it, and it's really cool. <laughs> it's the coolest thing about those games. Uh, and yeah, I, I think Starfield really could have used some of like particularly Watch Dog Legion tech. I think that would have been this would have been the perfect use case for that tech. Uh, but it's clear that like they just never designed with that in mind. Um, and again, like I like this game a lot, but there's I think there's a lot of room for improvement here, and I hope we see some of that with Shattered Space because we know this game's going to get DLC, we know it's going to get updates. Uh, it'll probably be getting a similar treatment to Skyrim over the next few years while they're working on Elder Scrolls. Um, oh, I do want to talk about some other stuff before uh, we oh. hop into spoilers. Oh, I, I do have a, yeah, a question it. for for Brett though. What was the majority of your your playtime? Uh, what what did you spend doing there? Was it uh, random roaming? Was it doing uh, I, I, side quest things? What, what did I you do? I made the mistake of of wanting to explore in the in the space exploration game, uh, and it very clearly is not built for that. Even though there are like vestigial mechanics that seem to it's make you believe it. for <laughs> but a short moment that it could be a viable thing. Because I was like, oh, I can be like a little bit of a 
I mean, one of the starting uh, perks is like zoologist or something, or like xenologist or something. It was like, oh, yeah. sick. I like. I didn't even think that this was a thing. I, you know, I was going to be funny and 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 do chef. I think I'm going to go look at all the the cool space creatures and and, and space rocks, and like that remains interesting for probably uh, 45 minutes. And yeah, then and I think it's also of... what hits that is outpost building has a bunch of locked stuff, so you can do cool things like farm with animals. But they don't tell you anywhere, and you have to unlock like the oh last outpost building thing, which is at the end of the tech Jeez. tree. So it's like you wouldn't ever do this. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll tell, and this is like I I don't even think this could be classified as spoilers for anything. This is a quest that mm -hmm. you can get if you like within the first like little bit of the game. Like I said, I only played the first few hours and i was being very slow with it because i'm getting mm -hmm. used to all the bethesda isms questioning uh why the fuck why is the jump button um it, it just has default controls for a game that's coming out in 2023 um and uh i so i i i go to mars awesome cool favorite planet in the solar system definitely not constructing a multi-year long narrative on it or anything love that planet super cool awesome i want to explore mars uh, and talk to all the people on it uh I, I i go there's there's the mining base because of course mars is just a big iron lump I gotta say sidonia uh, rad really yes, cool city that is a, a really cool underground city um just all like seeing seeing like a little area like that be so bustling and full of like personality and stuff was was very cool because it wasn't what I was expecting. Because uh, I mean, like you go to they they give you that one like beginner city that the, the yeah, story quest starts in, um, and it's just like crazy like super like far future architecture. Everything's like white and and swoopy and stuff. It's crazy and just have so many that... wind generators everywhere. Yeah, exactly, and and that's like clearly that's what they can do uh, on a planet with like a breathable atmosphere. And meanwhile, Mars, like they didn't even bother terraforming it; just whatever, we'll just put a mining <laughs> yeah. colony like fifty feet underground. It's fine. Um, and it's 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 cool to see that dichotomy. Um, but I, I was I was going in there like talking to people, and uh, the 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 guy who runs that mining installation is like, okay, uh, everybody uh, get back to work, except uh, don't because I can't hire you. We have too many workers. And then I go up to him and be like, hey, uh, I'm going to completely ignore what you just said. Could you hire me? Uh, I want to do mining work. And he's like, um, hmm, well, you look like a main character of a video game. I suppose that I could hire you for something special. So you see, we, we, we are in a capitalism and I, the, the company wants more materials from the mine um, so that they can give us new gear. But we can't get those more materials without the new gear that they're not going to give us until we give them more materials. Uh, so you're going to have to help us with that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I um, see the circle. And I, yeah, I, I see the circle. I understand dialogue, funny, well-written. This is cool, great. Um, I, I go, uh, to the, the dirt pit and I get the, the, the iron, whatever that he wants. I go talk to him and he's like, okay, uh, uh, awesome. You got the stuff. Um, uh, I don't even remember exactly why, but, uh, we need to get your, we need to get you into the company. So you're going to have to apply. Uh, so go to, go to Phobos next door and apply to our company. 
And I was like, okay, that's weird that I can't just do it in your company, but fine. <laughs> so I go to the loading screen and go into the space station around Phobos and I go and I take the uh, like fully fledged application like quiz for the, the manager, which is very funny. Uh, do I don't you have know a criminal if any background? Of those... <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know if, if any of that actually impacts the the results but it was it was fun to to try to be like oh sh I, I i didn't realize i actually had to think about this um and i do it uh then i go back and he's a like, great awesome job um we need to ensure that your application gets looked at uh so in order to do this you're going to have to go uh, to the application lady oh, no. uh, while she's on break and you're going to have to delete every single other application besides <laughs> yours on the computer so that only <laughs> yours goes through and that you can be the new assistant oh director God. or whatever. And like this, this is hilarious. That, this that's is, pretty this funny. Is fun. yeah. uh, and like this, so I, I like, okay, uh, I talked to him again. Uh, the application lady goes on break at 5 p.m. local time. Cool. It's 5.46 p.m. local time. So I'm going to literally just get into the chair directly next to her and sit there and wait for 20 hours uh, which i did um and then uh, just go that. she she uh gets up um and goes whoo tough day at work time to go on break and she stands up to walk away teleports standing on top of the seat of her chair and is walking in her walking animation into the back, like the backboard of her chair and is just walking on. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, this is a video game. Surely I can video game my way out of this one. What a and I'm like jumping onto it as debug. Exactly. Like I'm, like, I'm trying to, to like, like nudge her off by like jumping and I'm like, okay, well that's not going to work. Uh, if I open fire and kill this poor office lady, that's going to be a very bad move. So I'm not even going to attempt that because doing that somewhere else resulted in just me being told that was wrong and there was no good way out of that one. Uh, and uh, I can't log in to the computer to do the thing because she's standing literally right next to it, even though she's not looking at it. So I'm like, well, uh, maybe I'll wait for this to be over, and she'll just, like, teleport to her break location. Uh, she stops walking, <laughs> looks at her watch again, and goes, well, that was a great break. Back to work, and then sits back down. And I was like, well, I think that's enough for me. <laughs> it's so funny. Like... It's so funny because I, mean, I can picture it so perfectly in my head. Yeah, I knew exactly like what were... happened in every step of that. And... And it sounded like you were having such a good time up until then. Well, yeah, because I, I was like, I was like, I was on God. the fence the entire time. I was like, okay, I'm like fumbling with, with some things I don't really understand that they're not really doing the best job explaining. And to be fair, I'm sure they explain most of them hey. beyond the beginning point. Mm. Okay. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, this game uh, kind of depends. But I was like, okay, I went around and, and scanned all the rocks and ran into a little like a uh, criminal bad boy outpost whatever that was i like i'm not gonna walk for something that's like four kilometers away or whatever uh i i looked at the spaceship building menu for 20 seconds and promptly never opened it ever again during the, yeah, again. the, the, uh, the spaceship <laughs> the, the spaceship building menu i know they did but it makes me feel like they didn't have a ui designer it, yeah, <laughs> I, I I need a four babies. I I need a four babies version of that because I'm sure. I mean, I've seen it. The stuff that people can make out of it is like incredible. But people just like someone made, made a hamburger. People have yeah. literally made ships that cannot be damaged. I don't know if you. Yes, seen I saw. It. It's the the classic. So, so here's uh, the thing. Ship strat 
from getting well because well, here's because here's the thing right is that enemy ships only attack the middle of your entire ship design so if you build a ship that's just a giant frame with nothing oh in God. the middle mm-hmm. they can't shoot you <laughs> oh that's yeah. amazing make the circle create the loop it's it's, fantastic. it's a literal loophole but like 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 a bunch of things added up to me just being like, ugh, well, this was annoying. I might pick this up tomorrow, and then tomorrow came and passed, and I was playing other things instead. Uh, yeah. I think you would I, have a good time doing one of the faction quests. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I think the UC Vanguard quest is up your alley, Brett, because it does especially involve if you picked Sidonia for a bit, but and, and especially that? if you picked uh, the the foodie or the the chef. And, because, and the alien stuff or zo- zoologist. And that's that's the other tricky thing about the exploration in this game, because we've been talking about it for a while. There's a lot of problems with it. But the thing is, is that you can also just play this game and not really engage with that. It's not like it's... Yeah. And it, it is always force you to... Almost to better if you don't. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the extra planets... I, I kind of still stand by what I said um, when they, they mentioned how many planets were, there were and stuff like that, where it's like, there's a lot of empty space, there's still things to do in each area, but they're all spread out. That space, I think, can still be used quite well for modders and for people who really want to get into outpost building. I think mm-hmm. there's still a use for all of that empty space. And if you really don't want to engage with it, you can just fly down to a planet if you need a certain resource for something to mine it, and then you can just leave. You know, I'm not saying it isn't an issue. What I'm saying is, thankfully, a lot of it is largely avoidable if you don't really want to engage with it yeah. in the first place. That's yeah. that's the thing, though, is that I wish, I wish there was something within the the human brain game design language that wasn't just a pop up on the screen of Todd Howard saying, "Hey, uh, don't do this. Go play the rest of the game. There's do not <laughs> think that you can just explore and do a bunch of stuff if you're tired." with uh, the, the main quest. And Brett, that's just... why I said this is probably not a great Bethesda, in mm-hmm. terms of like the Bethesda stuff, because if you had that attitude in any other, especially Elder Scrolls game, you would have a good time. Uh, gotcha. But in Starfield in particular, I think the just the way that explore, the exploration loop works, you will, I think, actively hurt your experience if you go out of your way to explore without accidentally stumbling on the good stuff and it's hard to know if you're going to stumble on the good stuff without it yeah like a lot of the question will lead you to it but well it's it's almost why when when um because one thing that you said early on alex that i was actually going to mention that i disagree with it's when people say like oh it's it's a bethesda game it doesn't really change the bethesda formula i kind of completely disagree with that entirely like i said earlier it's kind of a different beast entirely in that the, the I, I think Alex is more referring to like gameplay wise like yeah. moment to moment gameplay game, yeah. but but I feel like in like the larger kind of overview of it I think it's a very different uh again it's, it's more a like a Mass Effect think, 1 than a, yeah, a, a yeah. Elder Scrolls which which works for me as a Mass well, Effect I think I, I definitely agree with you that it's different I don't think it innovates at all in the past 13 or so years it definitely refines but, it yeah, I think the like tech the is cool, but it just it feels like they didn't stumble on the right uses for a lot of it. Um, well, that's a, we're at find... our halfway point, so I, I do want to move the conversation along mm-hmm. a little bit because we've been talking about exploration a lot. Um, I think our, our general consensus is just that, like, yeah, it's your experience is going to vary pretty wildly, and if you feel bored, yeah. 
just do a quest like do a thing that is directed uh, and it'll probably feel better but um, let's go on to I think just the general like opinions from everyone and anything you want to say non-spoiler before we move into the full spoiler section um, and air good and bad things that you want to talk about a little bit um, I have one immediately yeah go for it um, with the with the you know the different what I was talking about with you know builds being a lot more uh, defined with the limited amount of skill points you can reasonably get from re uh, leveling up like a normal person in the game. Um, I've seen a lot of people uh, talk smack about unarmed melee and and, and melee <laughs> combat in the game, and those people just don't know how to have fun with punching someone across a room <laughs> because you can do that. <laughs> I th there's yeah you have to take some drugs for it to be effective early game once it hasn't you stopped anybody before yeah. <laughs> once <laughs> oh in the game not not outside the game <laughs> i'm sure that could help though as well um but once you once you you know get down to the bottom of the perk tree where you have like the really cool perks it starts to be really fun um uh, and you know, there's it's it's basically it goes back to the the thing with um you know damaging stamina or or building up a stagger or an EM bar, um to you know knock them down for a little bit, so you can get some more punches in and things like that. There's you know there's more powerful things with like I said being able to punch someone across a room. There's nerve strikes, um you know getting to be a better brawler, just increasing the overall unarmed damage, um something interesting with, with how uh, stealth actually interacts with uh, melee combat is that when someone is fully stunned if you crouch down you're immediately hidden to them and can get sneak attacks immediately so with a 10x bonus on top of 50% base melee damage um, it, it's lights out permanently for, for people if you hit them while they're down that and combining melee with a, a lot... I feel like melee uh, also has very good interaction with a lot of the uh, um, Starborn powers as well. With the reactive shield, if you're going full brawler, you can just rush into combat. You have a shield protecting you from laser damage that's just going to you know, ricochet it back to people. Uh, there's the stop time where you can essentially flurry of blows on people while they slow-mo fly back. It's very fun. Oh, there's also disarming uh, opponents, which that, that's been a thing in many games before. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I And I also have a better melee unarmed build than the Spiffing Brit, so that was interesting. Because mm. he was having trouble killing someone with that. I'm just like, you're missing several aspects here. So that, that, that was an interesting feeling. Yeah, I do think the the interesting thing with melee in this game in particular is I I had to drop my melee build after a point just because I was getting no gear for it. Like I I yeah, literally there, went like there's, over there's a dozen hours no... with no upgraded melee weapons, and I was like, I just can't do enough damage despite yeah, having all the perks and whatnot. There there is that. There's like I guess some interesting melee perks would be immolation, where you can set enemies on fire if you attack them when they attack you. But there's also, like, anything that is a melee perk on an armor thing. Um, like, oh, this armor has repelling. Or, like, it has the ability 
to possibly disarm someone uh, when you attack them or they attack you or stuff like that. When that happens, when the perk procs off of armor, it doesn't count towards uh, skill quests. So you're yeah. better off having no perks if you actually want to uh, want to advance skills, which is another big pain point where mm-hmm. you, you have to activate them. They cannot be activated passively via gear buffs. Yeah, I, I think melee in this game could use a lot of work. Uh, be, I, I think a lot of that is because I have been bouncing between the Cyberpunk 2.0 update and Starfield. And I think Starfield generally feels very good, but its melee combat experience is utterly trounced and danced on the grave of with Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they're not super comparable games in a lot of ways, but I think just like base combat feel wise, they they are. Uh, and yeah, their their approach to melee combat is a lot better. Um, and I also think just like even in Skyrim, it's more satisfying. And I think a lot of that is just down to you don't have tons of enemies that are doing ranged attacks in Elder Scrolls, so it feels better to be in yeah. melee. And you have better ways to approach. Um, same deal with Cyberpunk of like the having the ability to use something like a Sand Devastan or air dashing to get closer feels a lot better, especially because like. Yeah. There's a weird another weird quirk with Starfield is the boost pack is pretty essential skill for everyone, um, very good to have, but it, it launches you pretty far upwards and kind of kills your momentum. Um, I, I think it could feel a lot better, but it turns out on the PC version of the game, if you bind a secondary hotkey for the boost pack, it does a vertical boost or not vertical horizontal boost. So it will launch you forward with much more propulsion than if you were doing like the space bar jump. If you have a, a secondary key bound to basically work as like a dodge <laughs> key. And I had I love much more fun doing that. <laughs> I, I wish that was just like a toggle somewhere where you could be like, I would like it to behave like this in combat and not just launch me upwards so I can get like the dodging <laughs> and whatnot. Because it's clear it's in the game and I don't know if it's a bug that's causing that or what. But it was much more fun. Um... But yeah, I think in general, the, the game to me is, like, I would give this a solid, like, 8 out of 10. Because I, I really enjoyed... And there are moments where this game becomes a 10. I think particularly during the faction quest lines, there are moments where you go, like, these are the best faction quests that Bethesda has made. I think pretty hands and down. also very significantly... They're significantly long, and they have a variety of quests. I, I would say some of them never, are longer than the main story. Like, they're, they're never a significant just... amount. They're, they're never just, like, previous guild quest lines where it's fetch quest, fetch quest, fetch quest, fetch quest, boss. Yeah, like, fetch you can quest. do things like delving into a, a prison on an ice planet, which is super cool. Uh, you'll have um, some really fun stuff where you're like, oh, a, a normal mission turns out to be a crazy alien attack or something like that. And it's just really fun yeah. concepts like that. There's one where you're basically a detective, and you're you're trying to, like, put together a, a, a mystery which was really fun. Yeah, they're all really good. Like, I, I have not had a disappointment playing any of the faction stuff so far, though I haven't finished all of them. Um, and I, I would oh, yeah, say if what you... the companion quests, too. Yeah, the companion quests are... I think they range. I do think, in particular, the one that, to me, isn't great is Andresia, because Andresia's whole deal is... Um, and you learn this pretty early on. She's a, a, a like, former member of House Varun, which is, like, a... In in the game, you only ever see them as enemies, but they're, it's basically it's said that they—they're—they're the—they're the space slitherins. 
yeah, yeah it's they're, they're like a game. it's one of the religions in the game and it is made very clear that there was an attack early on and then basically all of house varun decided to flee from civilized space and basically hide away and i think it's super clear they're building this up for the expansion or whatever like it I is really, incredibly i really obvious hope we that... get to visit the home world in shattered space my god it, if not Please. it feels super weird that we have a companion that belongs to that group and then just but... no detail on them it's just but it's at the same strange. time at the same time, I like you know we get all that information and then it's nothing, and it, it it feels the same way with the like we were talking about with the lack of uh, vehicles. Also, there's a huge there's a good amount of history with the colony war, and they talk a lot about mechs, and that you can't use them. I... Okay, this is the mech thing. So I, <laughs> I don't the get it. The mechs. I don't understand. I... Brett and I just did a games club on Armored Core 6 about how much I love mech games. I don't get the complaints about the mechs not being playable. Like, it's... it's just part of it's just part of the game's lore. I don't understand why so many people are being are so frustrated. It, <laughs> it would be cool. I... Don't get me wrong, it would be cool, but I would much rather just have a fast it's not like, than a mech. It's not like they were promising us mechs and then didn't deliver. Uh, yeah, that's I, a different I under, thing. I understand. Uh, I mean, like, there's not even degree, the... and I will use it uh, as a material to to make fun of the game with because it is really funny to just like dangle something like that in your face and just be like, "We've written it out of the lore before you could even think <laughs> of wanting it." You fool! You want to be so bad. People picked like, on okay. this up from an article. The mechs are not yeah, in the game. Like, I, like, I they're, they're not in the yeah. game. They are not important at any point in the game. But you could also you could also throw that logic at so many games that has cool things in their lore that doesn't really have anything to do with the story or the gameplay loop or anything. That's just like it's it's backstory. It's it's lore. I don't understand why. No, I'm I'm not saying to get actually <laughs> mad at. I think those people are a little bit silly. Yeah, that, that's what we're complaining about, really Brett. Fun. There is a significant amount know, of people that swung the bat of we're not gonna the mechs not being in the game is like we're gonna it's a zero out of ten. Like and I'm just like this is bizarre. This is well, yeah. Well, and those here, people are probably the... the same people that tried Armored Core Six and were too bad at it, so said it was bad. I wouldn't well, be here, surprised if that here's was the other. They were looking for a more all, all of that history, <laughs> all of that history in the game about like the the mechs and the backstory for that. It is relevant. In two places, one of them being like the the final part of a storyline, uh, for something, in which case it's just the factory and it's yeah they're they're not making they're not making the mechs anymore because they're outlawed. And the other thing is, and the other place they're relevant is the are the mech graveyards, where it is. It it's it's just uh it is just a elevated lump on the ground where there are spacers and that's it. There there's nothing at all unique about them. I'm just like, like, there doesn't have to be, like, unique, unique mech stuff, but it's literally just a raised part of the ground with spacers on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I would love more mech content, but more mech content is at the bottom of my list of things that I would want added to this game. <laughs> like, I think we, if we have okay. mech content, we need something to use the mech content on, and the game is just not designed for that. Like, it's not. Yeah, I even I will say uh, there being giant robots in this game would probably not make my desire to play it grow anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be down for like Fallout Power Armor. 
I think that's the scale that we could go as Fallout power armor. But yeah, well, I, I, I'd, I'd like say like maybe not even that prevalent. I'd just say like, okay, you get to commit one war crime. Here it is in one story mission. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where like I don't. I'm like so not clamming clamoring for it in like the base game. They want to make a fun DLC expansion out of that. That sounds awesome. I'm down. But like, it's not in the base. All right, okay. we, we gotta move on from the max because <laughs> we're really deep in. <laughs> Let people come up with their own decisions regarding. There are. The mechs I feel like. Game. I feel like before we move on to spoiler, uh, spoiler section. There are two yeah. things that I feel like we haven't talked about yet that we should talk about. Ship combat, ship customization. Yes. I, I kind of want to tackle those two bugbears before we move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Shipbuilding is like half amazing, oh my god, I'm spending all of my in-game money and like time and like real-world time. This is great. Also half... Oh my god! I want to throw my mouse across the room. And why, this yeah, is where the, the bigger issue comes in. I experienced exclusively that half. So, <laughs> the UI in this game looks pretty terrible. It is it's ass. It's utter so bad. in almost everything. <laughs> in, um, incomprehensible. Have a nice day. It's just like there is. This game has a lot of information that you need to access, but if you go into your inventory menu, you can only see either the weight, the value, or the other stats one at a time on your weapons. You have to toggle between them. And I'm just like, we have two-thirds of the screen is empty space with a big picture of your gun there. Just like, this was not the solution. <laughs> this is not what we should have done. It's so easy it's to like, like make menus... a, a system that looks as good but with more information. It's almost like these menus would be fine for a game that wasn't at, that didn't have as many granular details as Star as like Starfield has. It would be fine in like a in like a more like maybe like more of like a open world action RPG or like action thing and not like a really in-depth like RPG with a lot of stat crunching and like builds and stuff like that it just it doesn't have enough information yeah, there's too much information on everything that you need to access um and i think in particular shipbuilding ui the ui is functionally okay but shipbuilding itself is just like missing quality of life things that you need of like the ability to select yeah. where ladders are and the a way to, like better tutorial to know how to use it um well, the thing a lot that drove me missing for shipbuilding the thing that drove me insane was in your pre-flight check, it tells you like, oh, this thing has to be connected to this thing, or you have to have this thing. But you think you can't then, or like, oh, there's a, a piece that isn't attached to your ship. But you can't click on that, and then it brings you to the issue. You kind of just have to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, which is especially a problem with disconnected pieces, because sometimes like just a oh, random yeah. thing that's like tiny will not connect to the rest of your ship, and then you'll be getting a disconnected piece warning. But you have to like scour the whole thing to find out where it is. Oh, yeah, it's, only it's being able to only being able to rotate in one axis as well. Yeah, and... like it, it's weird that you can't. And not rotate. with every piece. Yeah, not like, with every. You piece. have, so you have three by one hallways, which are like these long hallways, but you can't turn them on their side, so they're the other direction, which is super weird. Like it, it makes your all of your ships are just straight lines back and forth because you can't have any wider spaces from the other stuff, and it's super awkward. Um, yeah, lots of little things with shipbuilding that are weird. Uh, same with outpost building. I think outpost building is is just missing the second half of it functionally. Of like, 
they wanted to make outpost building this cool kind of like mini factory simulator thing except all the stuff mm. is like the volume of things that you can use is way too small and whoopsie unfortunately i hate fa i hate factory io or satisfactory the game well it's also it's it's attempting to yeah. do that i love satisfactory but satisfactory works because it has a really good ui for the most things and this has no information anywhere the cargo links are completely incomprehensible in how they actually function. Uh, the supply chaining thing is just bizarre. Like, there needs to be more of a clear way to handle all of this, and I think really just more of an automatic way, because I don't think people are playing a Bethesda game to build a factory, as much as I love building God, a factory. No. But you can't make a functional base without engaging with that stuff. So I, I feel like just having like a, a shared inventory across your whole outpost would have been a better solution here than trying to do the whole every container is a separate thing. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's it just doesn't work well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and but, then ship combat, I think largely pretty fun. Yeah. It's I, fine. I I was having <laughs> an atrocious time in ship combat while I stayed in the frontier. The second I used any other ship, it was so much more fun. Yeah, I do wish... I wish they made it more clear that the Frontier is a garbage ship and should be garbage. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> you need <laughs> to upgrade your weapons. And you can do that through the, like, upgrading thing. But I, I think they were maybe a little misleading in the, the marketing... Or the direct when they were like, oh, you'll, you'll never have to upgrade your ship too much if you don't want to engage with it. You really do. Wrong. Like, you will you have really to use the ship builder if you want to upgrade it. You can get a good ship from one of the quest lines, but you have to actively seek it out and know that it's there. And it's also, because a lot of the ship encounters are random, it's going to be a bother until you actually get a competent ship. And yeah. because of the fact that they just don't make it clear what a competent ship is at the start, it's a just competent hard to hit that point. Uh, a competent ship, ship is any of the ones that you get at the end of a quest line. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty crazy because I was That's I was it. with the Frontier for a lot of my playthrough, and then when I finished the um, Free Star Rangers uh, faction quest, they give you a ship, and it just kicks so much ass. Like it was shocking going from the Frontier to this, and I was like, "Oh, oh, is this what ship combat's supposed to oh, feel yeah. like?" Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I'm having fun now. You can go down the piloting route and unlock, like, the ability to pilot higher ship classes where you can build, like, an actual, basically, battleship, which is super cool and really fun. But I think they're missing a second layer here of, like, it really does feel like it would be fun to, like, assign my crew to specific slots and have them controlling things like weapons. Like, I would love if yeah. there was a way to have my people on my ship actually yeah, be doing but, a job and not just but, but on the, people... the ship. But the people you assign on the ship, they just give you like what is it, little buffs to the actions that they you give you the still perk have to buffs. Oh, okay. so like, like if you don't energy have... weapons will do more damage or something. Yeah, so you can get a lot of the perk buffs from your crew members if you don't have them. But it's pretty unclear. I think it would just feel better if you were able to actually just like say, "Hey, Sarah, use this gun," and then that way I don't have to worry about it or something, or like have some ability to manage them a little bit more functionally. Please fire missiles for me while I go repair the shields. Yeah, and I would love to be able to do something like assign quarters to everyone of like, this is where your room is and whatnot. And just like basic things like that of, I would love like a basic hab that's like, here's a bedroom that you can have for your crew. That's like, you can assign this to someone. I think it's missing that layer of management that's a little bit more involved, which is weird because that exists in outpost building. You can do that in outpost building. And I wish you could do it in shipbuilding because it would be really fun to like, I think it would really nail the feeling of your ship being your home. 
I mean, they're most yeah. of the way there, but it would be cool to have I, that. I will mention, it, it would be unfair if we didn't mention that despite all of these UI issues, shipbuilding was still so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it is very fun. Um, I, and you can lose a it, lot honestly, of time to it. Like if you're if you're someone like like if you're someone like us that really likes building ships, it really keeps the like credits economy in line. Oh like, yeah, because you will I've wipe probably... out your bank every time. Yeah, but but that's good though because I feel like in in like every other Bethesda game I've played, it's like you just accrue so much. Yeah, money you don't have a gold that sink. it just doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter anymore. And here it's like, oh, I have so much money, I don't know what to do with. I'll spend five. You know, I'll spend you know, two thirds of my money on a ship upgrade. And now the, the like credit economy is kind of more interesting again. I actually have to like look for cred sticks. <laughs> yeah. And that's just right. when they stop spawning. Brett, yeah. any final thoughts before we kick you off of the show and move into spoilers? Uh, well, it turns out that if you don't care for Bethesda, you probably won't care about their newest game <laughs> because they're very good at doing what Bethesda does uh, and not really branching out all that much in terms of uh, wacky, crazy things that will pull a bunch of new people in. Um, the thing, the, the, the very sad thing is, is that uh, so I, I have so many games where it's just like, I'm not feeling this right now, but I can tell that there's something here, and I'll I'll keep it like downloaded for for quick access, so I can it'll get a new update. I'll try it again, like with uh like with Lunacid or Dread Delusion, other mm -hmm. RPGs that are uh you know first person and have a bunch of like similar ability and build crafting uh, as what Bethesda games are known for. Uh, Starfield is uh, five quadrillion gigabytes and cannot sit on my Xbox <laughs> in that position because it's just straight up going to be taking up space haha uh over things that I would like to try or like to keep around for quick access jumping back into um so I don't know if I will be playing any more of it uh I currently can't delete it because my Xbox is halfway across the country right now. <laughs> uh but uh, we'll see how I feel <laughs> I, when I do I'm think back with you it. should give at least one of the faction quests a try cuz I, I think you might yeah. have a much better time with one of those and then I, feel more uh, confident about deleting it and being like, "Oh, I got to see the fun yeah, thing." And yeah. Can move on now. Ex <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cuz I I know uh I know uh my roommate is a big uh Fallout fan and uh likes certain Bethesda games so uh we were planning to do a little one what ye, ye old uh trade off when you die sort of thing hmm. going through it so we'll we'll see what happens I love with that, kind that. Of gaming exactly uh but yeah I, I i just it's less of a this game sucks and more of just the worst thing i can say about it is that it's mid and it's not for me um big surprise all right bro so but, second yeah. question then what's your next game pass game what's my next oh. game pass game hmm hmm <laughs> uh it's crazy because the amount of things that have been added in like the last just couple of weeks has been absolutely insane it truly <laughs> uh, has bro and like not even just because of the amount of things but just because things that i know are like good um so I okay this this will be twofold then because I have to pose a question to see if we'll do my first one. 
how many people here have already played Solar Ash before? Is it is it only Wyatt and I? <laughs> I haven't. It's only oh you two. I have not finished it, but I have played. I know. It. Oh my God, Sea of Stars um, is added too. I will okay. say, Brett, I will play Solar Ash anyway. So it is up to you if you want to use your Game Pass slot on that or not. Well, that's because my other Game Pass game is going to be something that only two of us are going to enjoy. Then that's just it. What is but it? If Ryan imagine take... the takes. Imagine the takes from the other two. <laughs> what? Exactly. What would um, it be? Terrified. So, what am I going to hate about this? Lies of P is a very fun uh... game. Um, <laughs> that is also fun for a certain kind of masochistic person. Uh, so I, I, someday, you know, if 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 we if we do a. Uh, a, a more of a breakdown of Solar Ash, Ryan. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be up for that because I'm going to play it again because I love that game. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll 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 do Lies of P. Why not? Excellent. Oh, now, Brett, boy. I am. I did have a line, a thing lined up, but I'm actually going to say let's all go through our our picks now because we're about to do Might the spoiler well. discussion um, while Brett's still here. So I was going to pick something that I think all of us were going to enjoy, but because you let slip that this was your first Bethesda game, I'm uh. sorry, Brett. <laughs> so now I need to ask you to pick your poison. Do you want to play this on PC or Xbox? Um, which one will be funnier? What are you going <laughs> to... Brett, I want you to play Oblivion. <laughs> okay. okay. So we're going to play Oblivion. <laughs> Oh my I... god. Yeah. Is this I've... Man, I haven't played Oblivion in forever. I'm I'm actually I, so I was going to make it Skyrim, but I think having us go back to Oblivion will be a truly un unhinged section. Mm -hmm. of... Is this oh, when god. I also pull out making us play Morrowind for Game Pass? <laughs> oh my god, Alex, that would be a <laughs> Do it. I think I already have Morrowind move. downloaded. I just haven't tried it yet. <laughs> there, Cuz there's other games. There's Oh my god, there's Ace Attorney. There's, so there's the Ace Attorney trilogy on here. And Sea of Stars. But... Alex, we'll let you think for a second. Okay, Wyatt, what's your pick for this next uh, month? Y'all y'all are gonna hate me, alright? <laughs> but I... But I have had... Uh, I've, ha I've had an awakening. Oh no. Not a major one. But, Christ. But I, I He's achieved Nirvana. I, I think it could it could at the very least uh, bring an interesting conversation to the table. Uh, Y'all are gonna play Battlefield twenty forty two with me. <laughs> We're doing a repeat. Yes, we are. Yes, oh, we are. God. Listen, what if you get to pull. Man. Listen, god. if you get to pull Lies of P on me, I get to pull pull Battlefield on all of you. All right. There is I'm no god, her. but There's... the devil is real. One of them I'm is a her. quality game made with love. <laughs> And the other one is Battlefield 2032. I don't give a shit. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I, I, I have to get the mood better than the sour taste in my mouth from <laughs> those those four digits. We're playing Morrowind. All right. We're going off, yeah. funny. So all we we've, we've committed to the bit. <laughs> so it's time. Those will be this our November Game Pass games. This may be the stupidest spread we've had yet. <laughs> this is just straight up. What the spread? really is the dumbest spread? <laughs> This is so stupid. <laughs> I can't believe it. 
All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and do uh, my final spiel on Starfield that is non-spoilery. I do think it's really good. Um, I think if you're into first-person RPGs in particular, your pickings are very slim anyway. <laughs> so you'll probably <laughs> have a good time. You've really got this cyberpunk and Elder Scrolls. That's your options. And, you know, this will hit the, hit the spot. <laughs> so... <laughs> right. Wyatt, Alex, any final thoughts on the non-spoilery stuff? Yeah, um, I think I think summing it all up, I do like this game quite a bit. I think uh, this is something that I had said to both of you because I had streamed uh, when I was finishing up the main quest line. I had streamed that to both of you, and one thing that I had said was, I think for me, and this might be a bit of a controversial take, but for me, this has probably been the most solid vanilla Bethesda game we've gotten in a long time. Because, and I I say that. Purely just because it's the one that's kept my attention for the longest. Um, be that setting, be that the story, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's a mix of a lot of things in there. But I think it's it's the one that I've, like, finished to completion and haven't taken long, long breaks in between to, like, recharge my gamer batteries. Um, and I think, for me, that says a lot to the, the quality of it uh, on its own. All right. Alex? Um, I I feel like I've said my overall thoughts with with the 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 game junk food spiel, but you know that being said, like junk feel junk food carries negative connotations, but you know it is enjoyable while playing it. I'd also say it's junk food that like very occasionally becomes the best steak you've ever had for just a little <laughs> bit of time, in, and then goes in, away in the, and back to junk food. In in the faction quest lines, absolutely. Yes, I do have uh, I do have something there, written there, down here. Goo in this McDonald's Mac. <laughs> I do have something written down here that I feel like explains my experience with this game and uh, a lot of other people's experience with this game. And I'm going to sum it up with a movie reference. Um, who here has seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Oh, you know it. Everybody. Okay. I, I, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm assuming most, you know, everyone here has. Of course. This, my relationship with this game, I feel like almost perfectly resembles the relationship between Scott and Ramona. Where... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this no. is the weirdest video game. What? I will. Let me explain. It 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 starts off as this wonderful, weird little little relationship, and as it goes along, you start to discover the the uh, the problems between you and and this game. And much like Ramona, it also doesn't really explain itself that that well sometimes, and it comes with its own complications and its own oddities and. You know, sometimes you really have to to fight for your affection for it sometimes. But then at the end, you still you still kind of sum it up and you you still kind of love it at the end of the day through through all of the uh, turbulence and all of the uh, evil ex-boyfriends. Are uh, are are you the nicest boyfriend this game has ever had? <laughs> are you in lesbians sad. with Starfield, Wyatt? <laughs> That's a great way to sum up our thoughts. I think we're all in lesbians with Starfield. <laughs> Brett, get on out of here. We're gonna uh, spoil the main quest and talk. Get out of here, you Starfield hater! Go on, get out of here. I? The, uh, this uh, game gets uh, better after ten hours, dickhead. You've never, you've never touched a woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're truly unhinged today. Uh, this is. So, 
Ryan, as as like the first spoiler thingy, could I just shotgun a question at you if you? Yeah. So I'm saying right now, this is hard spoiler warning. We're about to go free for all. We're only gonna hard spoil the main story. uh, Do we? Do we want to do this? Yeah. Do we want to do this in order, or can I like shotgun a very? No, we're gonna shotgun. We're gonna we're fully gonna shotgun. I don't Um, think we need to hit beat by beat of the main story. Uh, Get out of here if you don't want main story spoiled. We won't hard spoil ends of faction quests though. Okay. Hey, uh, Ryan, is there a place to put the armillary in the Starborn ship that you get? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I assume so. <laughs> I've been I've been looking around for it. The only places I see are like, okay, there's the porthole where you dock on ships. There is your <laughs> captain's locker, and there is your ship storage. And I'm just like, oh no, there I, is. Uh, yeah, there is. It's the um, it's right behind your captain's seat. You get like a cool visual armillary there. Oh. God, I... Okay, so we're, let, let's fully... <laughs> let's go into the end of this game because I think a lot of people have talked about the, the path to the end and, like, what that... But Phil Spencer said some interesting stuff when this was in, in pre-production yeah. about, like... Not pre-production, but, like, pre-release about New Game Plus being the start of the game. And I want to swing back real hard and go, nope. Yeah, that's... Um... <laughs> It it ruin it it does ruin the end if you care about your impact on the world that yeah. you are playing in. I I do think so. The the general context here is that like the end of the game is essentially being a starborn means you are moving to parallel universes. Cool concept. Uh, they go really far with it in the in New Game Plus, and that you actually can like make decisions based on being a starborn and your knowledge of alternate events. Uh, to do things like not allow companions to die or other stuff like that because th- this game hits hard sometimes and like the parts where it hits hard are really good but it's cool that you have an ability of like you can go back and now play it in a way that doesn't you don't have the consequence of that because you've new game plus essentially um, I think it's really interesting I think it's a cool way of handling things but there's a lot of problems with new game plus that mean that it's not going to be I think the main way to play the game for everyone and I think they should have let you keep your ships, in particular, and probably because your outposts of the huge, too. Because of the huge money sink that it is? That Not necessarily. So I think the, the real problem with New Game Plus here, and this is a the Bethesda thing of, like, my attachment to a Bethesda game is the progress that I've made over time. And when your New Game Plus is, we're going to wipe everything. We're going to let it all go into the ether. Um, I think you need something next to grab me that is not just we're going to do it again, but with a different context. Like, I, I think it would work a lot better if it was your outposts stick around and your ships stick around and whatnot, especially because they don't really affect anything major. Um, but it just feels weird to have to redo that stuff, especially because it can involve going across the galaxy and like going to different areas and getting stuff uh, to build be... a, a good ship. It would be a much neater idea if the game wasn't so massive and took up so much of your time. Like, yeah, like this would work like, in like a ten-hour game. It yeah. it really doesn't feel like it works in, in a game that can be a hundred hours to complete. Yeah, it just feels a bit like because because like I mean you guys saw my reaction again. I streamed the end of this game for you guys, and when I got to the when I was you know reborn and then as a starborn I went to Jemison. I had a very just like okay kind of like reaction to it it yeah. was very like i was like that's kind of neat i guess you were describing how different a lot of like sometimes characters are just like house plants and like that's cute but again it's like i spent so much time 
building this one ship. It's like my like attachment was to that together. universe, not to what the ending was. It's like the journey was what mattered to me, not the destination yeah. of being the unity. Well, and also the relationship that you have with all your character, with all the other characters. It's yeah, I think now, and it would have been redo it. It would have been <laughs> wild if you know, like depending on the choices you make and things like that. If you like do something just right in relationship quest lines and things like that, someone like one companion actually does jump with you. Well, I also think it's weird because the they or set you meet up, up like after like jumping separately and you recognize each yeah, other. You can talk to your companions and they'll go like, "Oh yeah, we'll probably we may not see each other, but maybe we will and whatnot." It makes it feel like there's a way to run into them. I have yeah. not discovered a way to do that. I th I think there is like one alternate new game plus where you can run into one of them, but they're like an enemy. And so I'm just like, I wish it was there was more there that was actually related to the main story. Um, I also think there's a few other problems with. Particularly the main story, I think, is very good up until the end. And even the ending, I think, is pretty good, considering the ending not to be the unity, but to be, like, the final mission before that. I think that the, mission in and of itself is super cool. Are uh, we talking about the the one that's really interesting uh, mechanic-wise, or, like, the the place to get to the final underground temple? The the actual yeah. final mission, where you're, like, rushing to the, the underground temple, I think is really cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple missions towards the end that are amazing, like the um, the Titanfall 2 Oh, mission. yeah, the dimension hopping. Uh, that's the good stake you were talking about before. That is the oh, stake. Yeah. That's the that stake. Was, that was phenomenal, especially with the incredibly cool uh, hidden puzzle that lets you save everyone. That only you figured out as well. This yeah. is, you did the legwork as well. Yeah, there is, there is a hint hidden on the body of the dead guy which is crazy because i found that hint and then just didn't <laughs> just like, oh i did everything then there in sight. Are, i'm assuming and then there are it. and then there are three steps which is you know basic unlocking and then going through and doing um and cycling power switches on and off in both universes simultaneously Doing like several of those because I order. was wondering and then why there is you a... could actively switch between universes while that fight was happening. I thought you would have to like commit to it beforehand, but you can swap between them up until the end. So I was like, "There's got to be some way to do something." And then the third part is a ridiculous amount of math, um, and there is not a single quest marker during any of this. It is left completely up to you, and you won't uh, know if you did anything correctly. Uh, with the with the third section of that, until you flip the final switch, and you may or may not wake up next to the guy that you were trying to save. That's yeah, that's so super cool. Um, I do think like we've talked about the faction quests a lot. Uh, we'll lightly talk a little bit more in depth about them. I think the UC Vanguard quest especially is oh. really really <laughs> cool. Uh, that because... one, I think. Go for it, Alex. Oh, sorry, I think that one, and then the the Crimson Fleet overall, Absolutely. just like the basic way, uh, the the multiple ways uh, to start into it is interesting, and then also it just being, I think, the longest quest line in the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, for your reference, Wyatt, the UC Vanguard quests, the big kind of conceptual thing with it is you instead of you you have some problems on your first mission and get pulled into basically fighting terramorphs is like the the division of the uc that you become part of as part of that but there's some super cool stuff with like 
hidden plot lines that tie in with the lore of them building up like characters oh, and lore yeah. that you're like, stuff oh, that, well, these people I'm probably not, never going to interact with them, so it doesn't matter. Stuff that is alluded to in the museum exhibit you walk through at the very beginning. Yeah, and just like other people in New Atlantis talking about, and you, you get to like see all this go down, and basically it's like you were working for a secret agency under the government. It's super fun. Um, and you like revive. This is the other snake you were talking about. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's also got, so I think, the best like cast of a lot of the, the yeah, faction uh, plus oh my god what's his name sorry uh jet's voice actor is yeah jet's uh, voice actor the, is the doctor and it um, is a yeah important scientist in there yeah the side character you're working with hadrian she's super interesting too oh yeah it's just like i i honestly feel that was the quest line that convinced me i would much rather that they had instead of making the constellation companions so interesting i really, I really wish you could wish... have her as a companion you can um you can you can go back and talk to her and get her as a companion at the end. Oh, sweet. Yeah, you you can get her. Uh, she's very cool. Um, but obviously, like, she's not, like, a, a romance option or anything because she's not a Constellation member. I really wish the existing Constellation members, aside from maybe Sarah and Barrett being, like, you're starting to, I wish the others were part of the faction quest lines and that you acquired them by starting them or something and, like, let, recruited them to Constellation. I think that would have felt a lot better. You hear some stuff, too, with Mateo, you know, being part of Constellation, because he was stealing religious artifacts to return them to their rightful place. I, I so badly wanted to have, like, a, a really novice Indiana Jones storyline with him. Yeah, like, I, I think a lot of it, the reason the main story maybe doesn't hit very hard for people is just, like, the characters are so separate from the rest of the world. Uh, even the ones who have ties to other things, I think maybe Sam Coe is the best here of he has... A, a close connection to Aquila City, so it feels pretty good to have him be um, a companion because he's a lot to say about that. But I would have loved like if we picked him up by doing the Free Star quest or something, or like going and starting it, and then like meeting him in the in the bar or something. Um, I think there's a lot of like interesting ways here, even if they're already part of Constellation, just to have met them not in the lodge. I think would have been good. It's it's somewhat yeah. similar to how like Cyberpunk does its main quest line in relation to its. Uh, to its companions, right? Where like maybe you'll you'll be introduced to them as you go through the story, but to really flesh them out as characters, they have their own separate, uh, you know, side quests, which I would say are kind of mandatory just because they can be, yeah, just, just because they can be some of the better content in the game. And I think I actually I, I I'm I'm of two minds about it because partially I'm like good, have them have their own quests so that they have their own time to breathe and develop as mm -hmm. proper characters. But at the same time, it does run into this issue of like, yeah, they do feel kind of disconnected when their story doesn't really play into the main, like, into the main story all that much. And it can all just feel a little disconnected. Yeah, I mean, so I think the, the a... biggest issue is just that, like, Constellation as an entity is so nebulous in what it's doing at the start, and you yeah. get like the kick in the balls at the, at a certain point of like one of your companions having the bioware choice of like who to save which is again that's the stake that's the the moment where the story gets really interesting and i'm like this is which you don't really cool. realize until right before it happens yeah exactly like it, it's yeah. a, a cool time bomb sort of thing where like you just run into it um, I mean, Ryan Ryan was there while I was playing that moment. I was just yelling obscenities the entire time because I was like, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we all Wait. say who we ended up killing? Oh, God. Barrett. I don't... <laughs> Barrett. It was, it was purely because I had just hadn't interacted with him very much. He was on the other one. 
So I was like, we can do it. Well, no. And then your most We're going to judge you, game. Wyatt. Say who you let die. <laughs> Say who it was. So, uh, so I may have let Sam Whose daughter die? did you leave without a father? <laughs> she Sam hates you. Have... <laughs> Sam may have passed. He may have moved on to a, to a better <laughs> life. Um, which means that his daughter will hate me forever and will never forgive me for the decision that I made. Understandable. <laughs> and yep. they lay it on thick. <laughs> they really do. They make you hate yourself. <laughs> to my, it's, to my it's bad defense, no who, but... it, it was really great for me because Sam was the only other, like, at the time, he was the companion that I had, like, spent the most time with outside of Sarah, who was my uh, romance for the uh, for the game. So, the the decision mostly was pretty clear because <laughs> it was either Sarah or it was uh, Sam. Nah, man, kill your wife. Let the cowboy live. <laughs> you know, comes with its ups and its downs. Like a small child hating you for the rest of your life because you essentially let her dad die. But you know, hey, 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 hey. Grand scheme of things, everything's fine. She's just ended up with her deadbeat mom. What's the worst that could possibly happen? <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the main story just... To me, I think the ending is really the weird thing of... The unity being basically like this was also the deal with No Man's Sky of like, but in No Man's Sky it works better because you do keep your ship and stuff, and you go to like a new galaxy that just with new planets and whatnot, and you can go back and forth, so it's not as big of a deal. But here it's just a, it it feels like that is a hard reset button, and that I think means most people are going to be disinclined to use it. Oh well, also uh, you said you said that you interacted with Barrett like the the second. Or, like, the, the least out of the two. I interacted with Barrett the most mm. before that point. And I was just like, oh, they, they say he's holding on. It's, it'll be fine. I'm going to, you know, get the actual pieces and, you know, the vast majority of people here. I'm going to make sure they stay alive as I stay in the lodge and, like, evacuate them. Um, the worst part about it, about what I, uh, like, seeing that, oh, shit, Barrett's gone. Um... I had completed his his personal quest up until right before we get the news on how the trial works out. Mm. You're never gonna know now. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It. I was really surprised when before I started playing, I had heard a lot of people were like, "Yeah, the beginning's kind of slow. The story doesn't really pick up." I felt the exact opposite. Like right from the get go, I was like, "I am all in. Let's let's yeah. do it." <laughs> like it's I thought, not, it was it's not like an adrenaline rush of you know Alduin coming and breaking you, which is or, probably like, a good thing because it means you feel like yeah. you can go off and do other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I do well, want to mention and, and, that because another game that this has been getting compared to a lot recently, just because it's on the zeitgeist, that just got the 2.0 update, Cyberpunk. Um, I do want to briefly mention just how I think these games are very incomparable in how the stories are presented. And this oh, is insanely. something that um, 
one of the cyberpunk game designers did a, a whole like X thread Twitter thread about this where he was like it took on cyberpunk we worked for like multiple years on every scene and we like the story had to be plotted out from the beginning everything took years of work to make work in the way that they they ended up working in a game like starfield not doing that means you have an, a pace of content development that's much better uh in terms of like actually being able to create a thing and like having a designer go in and actually fully do a story without the need for mo-capping and like all this other stuff to go on um and like you can tell when you're playing starfield that they didn't have the amount of effort put into it as like cyberpunk did but alternatively that means there's such a variety of stuff to do comparatively that it's it's really impressive like this is the bethesda thing of like there's so much variety of what you can do that it feels really good um And yeah, I think that works really well. I, I think the comparisons to Cyberpunk are just weird. Though I do think the melee combat, they should just wholesale rip from Cyberpunk <laughs> or from from some I, other game. because I, I, would, I would love to see an update to melee because if I'm having fun with it now, imagine if it gets to a point where other people That's can the have thing. fun like, with it's, it too. It's not terrible. It just it could be better, and I know what better yeah. looks like, and it feels so good. And I'd love to see it get there. While we are talking about comparisons... Do we do we want to bring up the whole uh, the uh, the elephant in the room, that being Baldur's Gate? <laughs> oh, Baldur's Gate's a weird we, one because I, I feel like I do think I, it's just. Really I'm gonna let to you two take them. this. I feel I, like I thought it's I would impossible bring it up. to compare the two, but it's you know just because they're released so closely together, yeah. people try I to. I would bring it up. I wanna. I haven't played it, so I'm gonna let you two kind of kind of take it. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see as people who have played and enjoyed both, if they're even. I don't think I ever at are. a point playing Starfield went Baldur's Gate does this better, like no. actively. I I yeah. do think there are cases where there are things that there are lessons that Starfield could learn from Baldur's Gate, but I don't think it's a at all a case of like, oh Baldur's Gate made the the bar so high that Starfield can't meet it. I think Baldur's Gate's just a really good game <laughs> that yeah. is exceptional. Baldur's Gate. In in like ideally, I like to a a rational mind, Baldur's Gate success does not influence Starfield, but it does when we live in a capitalistic society. Yeah. And if we go with the junk food comparison, Baldur's Gate is like steadily at like a four star restaurant. Like oh yeah, it it its baseline is much higher than I, steadily Starfield's steadily baseline. steadily at a four star, but also. It has significant chunks in it that are three star Michelin. Yeah, it's it's got the it's got more of the steak in there too. I, it's a uh, hey, the food comparison works pretty well to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Starfield. Hey, you know the Starfield devs love uh, they 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 painstakingly model that food. Yeah, <laughs> which also looks really cool. Except for, and some of you may have seen this meme, the sandwich topology. <laughs> oh yeah, the bad sandwich topology. Um, For the love of Christ, don't let environment artists handle props like that. That is sin. There's it's really no shippable. saving that. <laughs> but it is shippable. Yeah. Uh, when I, I think see Starfield has seventy a... mil polys on a sandwich <laughs> with exclusively triangles, not a single quad in sight. It reminds me of it way back like Final Fantasy up. 14 before Realm Reborn, like the whole they blew up the world made it again thing. The reason it performed terribly is they had like 70k tries on a oh. plant. that would There would be oh. like 10 of them 
in every area that you walked into and that would just tank the frame rate for everything like this is a perfect example of complete excess in what you're doing yeah. But you, you you know you know the thing where it's just like oh there there are more polygons making up Lady Dimitrescu's uh, assets asset in particular um, than there are in the entire in the entire first Resident Evil game there are more polygons in a sandwich than there are Lady Dimitrescu's ass <laughs> and it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense for anything Alex you're losing it I think we've lost the plot um. But yeah, I think the, the Starfield comparison to like both Baldur's Gate and Cyberpunk. In Baldur's Gate and Cyberpunk, you are playing, even if you're playing a pretty custom character, you are playing a character that has a set story. Like you are doing one storyline, and you might do other things along the way, but it is all in service of the one storyline. In Starfield, I can confidently say you could completely ignore the main quest and still have a great time. Like, right. I think that's the the sort of difference there of having the game be a lot more freeform is very nice. Alex, are you okay? <laughs> you I, right? I'm, 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 I'm fine. Why, are you why recovering? Why voice? <laughs> <laughs> Just because I, 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 I thought it was, I thought, I thought that was an interesting, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I thought it was an interesting question to bring up because I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, but I, I I understand what Baldur's Gate 3 is, right? And it just feels like comparing the two just doesn't, like, they're not even in the same ballpark. They're both RPGs that have come out in the year 2023. But other than that, yeah. I feel like they're so separate. They have such different goals that it can be so difficult to, to mm -hmm. compare the two. It's like, you want to compare something like like Spider-Man on PS4 and the Batman Arkham games, right? Those are oh. th that that's such an obvious comparison, right? Open world superhero action games, very similar combat, very similar way that they handle the open world and stuff. Those are very comparable. You can line them up point to point and really break things down. But like, yes, they're both RPGs, but I feel like they're just so separate from each other that it just feels like like what's even the point? Yeah. <laughs> what's even the point? I I think that's really fair cuz I do think with Baldur's Gate especially, if you are in the mood for a Baldur's Gate, you will want to play Baldur's Gate, and Starfield will do nothing for you. If you're in the mood for a Bethesda game, Baldur's Gate is not going to do it for you. Like, it's it's not... The, I think the thing that people play Bethesda games for is that immersion in the first-person perspective and getting able to explore things at a level that most other games don't let you. And Baldur's Gate, like has as close as you can get to that with a CRPG, but it's still a CRPG. Like, if you don't like that genre, you're not going to have a ton of fun there, and I think it's the most approachable one, but it's also... It's not the same thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just a wacky comparison. I think comparing them is just not good for either game in the long run. It's, well, it's, it's that thing where, like, sometimes comparison between games or any two types of media right can be like can make for a good discussion and then other times it can just completely destroy good, any good discussion yeah it's just such a pointless like endeavor like again i think yeah. you can get a really good conversation out of comparing batman and spider-man those two games you're not going to get a good discussion out of comparing Baldur's gate to mm. to starfield it's just not you're not going to glean any any new information or new insights out of it it's a waste of time, in my opinion. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Oh, I, I think it's it's just a weird weird comparisons that are happening because people. I think a lot of people just feel the urge to prove that their thing is better. It's like the weird video game tribalism uh, that we see all over the, the place. The fandom wars. Yeah, it's it's just unnecessary, and I think tends to hurt everyone's feelings rather than making anything better um, over the course of time. But yeah, I think in particularly in the case of Baldur's Gate, they're just so hard to compare. Like they're both great RPGs. It's just if you're looking for one of the things, you know which one you're going to be looking for based on what the game is rather than like having to... If you like, if you want to play Baldur's Gate, you're gonna know it. I think compared to Starfield, um, you'll know which one is more up your alley. It's that it's that difference of like, I want to play, I want to play a specific thing. You're gonna play, yeah, like you said, you're gonna play Baldur's Gate. I want to play this specific thing. I want to play uh, Starfield, where it's like, I want to play a superhero game. Well, now there's options. Now there's things to talk about. So yeah. Anyway, just to like get that whole thing. And I actually think another aspect of that, not that specific like game comparisons, but the reason that Starfield in particular is getting compared to so many things is the whole it's like Xbox's flagship game for right Mm -hmm. now. So it's got a magnifying glass on it that it otherwise wouldn't have. Um, And I think it's true that Starfield is probably like, I, I think it is the level of hit they needed it to be. But I also don't think it's the level that they had wanted it to be in terms of, like, universal appeal. And I think it's just Bethesda game is never going to be that. It's the thing is that it's like, at that point, do you blame that on Bethesda or do you blame oh, that on Xbox? Not. That's on that, Yeah, that's on the way that Microsoft marketed it and yeah. uh, the expectations well, also, that were put on it. Well, and also in the way that Microsoft hasn't had like that many hard hitting exclusives. Yeah, definitely. So, like, it's it's not even necessarily on Microsoft. Well, it's just on bad it's luck. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's like it's like the less the less like premier titles that they come out with, and the more premier titles that they come out with that are in a horrible state, like Redfall, the more mm-hmm. pressure is put on something like Starfield, and that's kind of what leads to like like you know, crazy, insane, off-the-rails hype trains, you know? Yeah. And it's what it's what can lead to a more divisive release, even if a game, by many counts, shouldn't even be that, like... I'm not saying it shouldn't be a, that divisive of a game. It, it It is in some ways, but, like, to the level that we've been seeing, it's, like, the only reason where it's it's gotten to this level is because of the position that it's in as an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. It's not, like... It's not like The Last of Us 2, where, like, it's divisive down to its very core. Like, it was almost designed to be that way in some ways. Whereas this, it really wasn't. It was just, like, uh, situations of, of, like, circumstance more so than anything else. Yeah. I I think that's really very true. Um, Can I put us onto a very quick, less spoilery question? But I, I was just wondering, what's your favorite weapon? in the game that you've come across? That's a good question. That is a good one. I'm a big fan I mean, like, of I... the, um, the mag weapons that have, like, the mag mm-hmm. prefix where they, they have, like, the, the targeting array. It's what the keel oh, hauler yeah. is. It's what a couple other things are. Those I, are very fun. Three come to mind. Um, two of them are, like, general weapons, and then the third one is very, like, specific to a quest. Um, I was very space cowboy throughout my entire build, so I really liked using the regulator, and I really liked using the coachman shotgun. Because, listen, you have a double-barrel shotgun in a first-person shooter, nine times out of ten, it's going to feel amazing. 
that's just that's video game law. It's just what happens. The third weapon, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but it's the it's the optional weapon that you can get during the like Titanfall two like like mm, yeah, reality the, swap oh, mission. Yeah. It's like experiment A seven two. Yeah, the or, the, or the experimental like, like the the Xeno killer, the one that does like yeah. all that bonus it's, alien it's damage. Just well, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Like you use that for the rest of the entire quest, and like it's a breeze because it's just an absolute freaking powerhouse. Yeah, really. I absolutely think that's another good pick of the the experimental weapon is great. Um, I do wonder something. I do want to ask you too, being people that have played other Bethesda games before, um, how do we feel about the way that like unique weapons are handled here? Because I think. In comparison, I think they're pretty similar to how Fallout does it, but it does to me, like, that's, I think, the biggest thing that I wish was slightly different. Um, and there are some that stand out. Like, I think the keel hauler is super unique and very fun, uh, just because of the way that, like, it works. But I do miss, like, the Dawnbreaker, <laughs> like, the, the like, yeah, Skyrim-style weapons that I, are... So, like, unique. They're, they're all, like, the equivalent to legendaries or exotics and yeah. things like that. And then, but I said, like... One of my two favorite weapons that I keep coming back to that it's it's like starting to lose it on me because I feel because I've found like other stuff with how the level scaling is working because I'm almost level 50 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of my like weapons that I always look forward to getting in the main quest is the Asa Tamer. Yeah. Oh, what what a fun incendiary shotgun that you really should not be anywhere close to the person you're trying to hit is. Uh, because it will light everything on fire. That and uh, almost any type of modified Razorback, because that that's a really fun cowboy esque like space yeah, shooter. Yeah, Razorback is great. Yeah, I I mean oh, and for it's... for melee weapons, uh, have you guys found anything like interesting or exotic? Because like the most interesting I... thing I found or the highest thing was um the Varun Pain Blade. Which I do I like that weapon, but look. I did have I had the problem where like I got and I'm a melee I had a melee build kitted out character comparatively, got to the Vern Pain Blade and it was just less effective than every gun that I had, so it was like I'm just gonna go yeah. with the guns. Yeah, yeah. It's the the I have a hard time with the way that weapons are like done in this game because it's it's cool that you can take any weapon and make it good through mods, and it's it's fun. Um, but at the same time, there's there's a, a lessened outside of very few examples like the like the um, what's what's the uh, the lawgiver that you get during the frontier the the special that? one that looks like it has the heat damage on the barrel yeah yeah um what the justifier um you get really cool weapons like the justifier that as soon as I got it it was like a staple in my arsenal because it did so much damage and it looked very unique but I just wish they felt more unique from the other weapons that you can like mod yourself just like more unique um aspects to them or had or had like a a vastly like completely different look to them and i get that they want to go for something for um a, a system that's very like modular and and more about you know mods than finding like different tiered weapons but after a while i just like I just crave for something more interesting looking or something that has really unique mechanics to it. And I feel like I didn't quite get that here. You get ones that are really powerful and look kind of different. Imagine how cool it would be if after 
uh, killing one of the two Starborn from the main quest, uh, you get a gravity gun. Yeah, just... like, that's the type of thing I would love to see, is just wacky things that are from particular things. I think it would be okay for them to create weapons that are just, like, you don't even have to mod the weapons. Just something that's, like, super unique and, like, wildly yeah. out there. Like, the difference between, like, a a Destiny, like, rare versus Destiny exotic or something like that. Just, like, go nuts with it. Like, have some full-on Borderlands-level crazy shit mm. in there. Like, yeah. I don't know. I It... it, it, it became disappointing after a while yeah, when you things know, the, kind of looked and felt the same. The only elements you ever see with weapons, too, are things like, okay, this does either, like, incendiary fire damage, or it does um, EM damage. Yeah. There's nothing with any of the other elements in the game, which there are a bunch, well, not a bunch of, you You have your standard RPG, RPG elements. There's, you know, there's, uh, like, frost and, like, ice stuff with the cryo mines and things like that that you never see yeah. a gun uh, deal with. There's poison. I will say the flip side of this system that they have is that when you find, when you stumble upon a weapon that just feels massively overpowered and it's something that you made, it feels great and it feels very personal. Like when you guys were watching me play the end of the game, I had that regulator that I made myself. <laughs> yeah. and it was just melting Wild. everything. That, that's Every, why I bring it up because like, I do think couple... there is the lack of like super unique things that are like much better than other stuff i think does make it feel more impactful with weapon crafting so i wonder if maybe that that was the trade-off that they did for this um and it's also just like the case of like sci-fi especially nasa punk style sci-fi i think there's less reason to have the wacky weapons that like a skyrim or an, or an oblivion has just because you know it's not a magic world it's these are all technology that people have made um I would have, you think I would someone would have made a frost? Like, I still think, but see, I still think you could, like, here's the kind of level I'm thinking, right? It's like Fallout uh, still does have things like the cryo gun, yeah. yeah. But like, I'm thinking like, like, if you want to keep it more NASA punk, you want to keep it a little bit more grounded, do something like this, for example. You both have seen uh, aliens, right? Not alien, mm -hmm. aliens. Yeah. Have something like that crazy gun that Ripley made at the end of the movie, where she like, duct taped the pulse rifle and the shotgun together. And, oh yeah, there's or, also like the no flamethrower flame like, or anything like that in the game. Just do something nuts, like attach a shotgun to a micro gun. Just do oh something God. nuts. Like go go out there while you can still go crazy while keeping well, still keeping it, you know, still firmly planted in that NASA punk. You know, what I am crazy missing without going is, stupid. I'm missing the yeah. gun that launches just a giant metal spike. That's the gun <laughs> oh, that I'm missing. If it was like, a, give me like a weird space. Uh, what are those called? Pile, not pile drivers. God, what's the? You know, it's like the pile driver guns? aesthetic. Yes, they have rivet guns, which are like, like um. Oh no, what's the, that's not far enough. I need the, one that is designed no, to be a weapon. Yeah. Not, the, the, not, <laughs> not the not the space nukes, but the like specifically the not explosive. We're going to destroy everything in a fifty mile radius from oh those giant spikes that they drop from. Like yeah, Fallout has, like, the rebar launcher, I think it is, that launches, like, a spike of rebar. The gun that shoots nukes at people. <laughs> yeah. Like, come Little, on. Oh, yeah. I, I would have loved, like, just a black hole grenade or something, just, like, some oh. funky stuff that's a little bit well, more I was, out there. Well, I was kind of hoping they would introduce more, like, as you fight more Starborn, you get more, more combat unique, ability like, Starborn based. stuff or, like, Starborn equipment yeah. or something. Uh, but, but sadly... No. And also, like, one of the neat little touches that they do that I noticed is um, 
if you when you do the new game plus stuff, uh, when you die, you dissolve, like a starborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no longer just oh, lay there. Yeah, I do think there's one other like large scale thing that I think I have an issue with in this game that um I'm curious on your two takes on. So the Crimson Fleet quest, while you're doing it, pirates are friendly to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there was, was more pirate factions. Like, it was a great time to farm the Crimson Fleet people who I could just stand right behind. I'm just like, and dink. Yeah, but no I, I really wish there was... I, I think to me it feels weird that there is like one centralized pirate faction. And there are spacers, which are like a separate thing. Yeah, but, but I would have loved if like a plot line in Crimson Fleet was that there's an, a rival faction somewhere. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it just feels like that's like I think the missing layer for pirates is pirate to pirate warfare yeah i was I gonna say pirates like, aren't all organized into just the one big faction although because i imagine the, like the way that i think they they built the pirate factions here is they wanted them to come off kind of like the belters and the expanse which are functionally like a culture in and of themselves and they they often don't get along with each other so i, I think it would have been interesting to just have a second layer of that which is Here's sub-factions, and maybe you have, like, a choice of siding with one of them mm. at some point. And just interesting things like that. Uh, but I think this game just doesn't go far enough with faction stuff in general. Because they, they have, like, Crimson Fleet. You have your, your UC. You have your um, your Freestar Collective, right? Those are, like, you know, the, the two, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say civilized factions, but you know what I mean. Then you've got your Crimson Fleet, and you've got your, your Varun in there. And then you just have Spacers. Like nondescript, like we're just bad guys. They're bandits. They're bandits. Yeah, it's they're like, not I wish like they were organized... bad guys with context. That like even if you can't join them, spacers, or something, we're just like more. Uh, spacers in this game are just bandits. Yeah. Space bandits. <laughs> oh, oh! One thing about the Crimson. This is getting heavily into. Oh, that is discussing the end of it. Kind of. I'll I'll go, I'll go in without the end of it. There's throughout the Crimson Fleet quest line. I, there's two like sort of NPCs that you can get a yeah. little bit more buddy buddy with. I chose specifically. I was like really leaning into this part where it's just like, okay, you owe me a favor now, type things, and I got that from two people. And at the end of the quest line, I went back and I tried both ways, and nothing came of that. You you couldn't interact with the people. It was like, okay, you're going to help me with this now or anything. It's just they they didn't really exist anymore you, you don't yeah uh, i wish they lean more into the that because the, there is like i'm not going to spoil what the decision is but there's a decision at the end of the vanguard quest that feels really impactful like you make a choice that you know is dramatically going to change things for that faction either way that you choose um, and it's really cool to see that and i wish and i'm i don't know if the freestar has this because i haven't played it um i wish that was more present in other areas of the game uh, that is I think one the main thing story does a really good job with it at like the the dimension hopping spot where if you don't figure out the secret thing you have to sacrifice one or the other and that's really interesting but or if you're a clever boy you figure out how to save yeah. both oh <laughs> uh, Wyatt Wyatt you and I yeah. both having done the free circuit do you feel like the decision is that impactful no because <laughs> I, I i feel like it's it's impl- like there's implied you know like there's ooh like there's big the implications you know, like structural of are huge this. but but the you never really see them huge. pay off because you never i, I, I this thought, is this is before the end but you never see or interact with the board of directors yeah well it, it's such a big thing 
and and without giving away too much, they they try and and there's a lot of like there's a lot of like uh, politics that go into the the Free Star Collective uh, stuff, right? Because they have a board of directors. And a lot of and a lot of it is like, oh, don't piss off this person, or you'll piss off the board and stuff like that. And they really mm. try and hammer that point home into your brain constantly. But like it never really don't. amounts to anything. The implications <laughs> just... at the end are huge. I thought there was gonna be some sort of follow-up quest or like quests that that branch off of that faction quest to kind of follow up on those things. I I would but have loved kind of to try to hunt the rest of them down. There is a if character there's there a character that you meet at Hope Tech. Um that I would have loved to have seen a few more missions with her where she kind of goes into the the implications of the of the potential decision that you made. Mm. I think you know what character yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. I'm not going to yeah. say who, but it would have been really interesting to kind of see the effects of that because it's not it both is and isn't an easy choice at the same time. It wouldn't be an easy choice if one of the decisions you made had any impact whatsoever. But yeah. it kind of doesn't, which is, I think, like, the most disappointing thing about that quest. Uh, so I'm glad to see that not all quests are like that. <laughs> but here well, it was I, a little... And I think with the Vanguard quest as well, that decision, it's... With at least the decision that I chose, it's so long-term that you just won't see the ramifications of it. You get locked out of the quest line. If you chose the same thing I did, you miss a quest line. There is a quest line that happens with the other decision. Uh, it's not like a dramatic one. It's just a. It's another string of like missions that you can go get from a person. But there I, is like gameplay consequence. So for my thing, that decision, I, which I really like. I didn't reveal him. If that's what you're talking about. Yeah. So if okay, then you have it. You did the opposite okay. decision. Um, oh. You can go and get missions that I can't get. Um, so yeah, there, there is, there is consequence to those decisions that is really cool. And I'm hoping shattered space means we get further of them and like see backlash from I mean, stuff. I mean, just th the, that's name like shattered the thing with space. this game though, right? Is like, it's weird that new game plus is like the thing they try to push you to when you make so many choices throughout the game that feel impactful and then you just abandon them basically. Yeah. Like, am I going to regret doing new game plus once the dlc comes out i doubt is it gonna, it. would I, it have been would it have been better to have like more content well uh, under I, my I belt in it, one universe for i for think of it this way i think it kind of comes down to the rate the um the ratio of people who continue with an old save into dlc or that start a whole new character and then go I, it would be very interesting to see the statistics uh for for that with player counts like how many people stay in there original universes versus how many people you know got through this many resets uh went through all 10 kind of uh, wish there was an easier way that you could do like both that. but yeah you know. i really wish when you did a new game plus you actually got to pick different it traits would, and it, it would saved to a separate character slot that's yes. my biggest thing yeah i wish it, it meant created the saves, a distinct please. character slot when you entered new game plus and then like sure from beyond that have the same one for every other new game plus because you can kind of do them very quickly yeah. But I wish the first time it was like a distinct, we're going to make a hard cutoff here um, and make you do a new character thing. But yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a weird case because I think we've talked a lot about complaints that might make us sound more negative on this game than I think we actually are. But it's just that this is, I think, a, in particular, a case where you can see a lot of what they had intended for this and, and it working really well 
but there's, there's further that they could have gone. Like it feels always like there's more that they could have done, but that's kind of a sacrifice that you make with a game like this. Is yeah. You can't make gonna... every quest line be super long. You eventually have to have a cutoff point. So, I mean this in a really good way. It's a really fun, really exciting first step. I'm like, I am, I am giddy to see where they take this next. Now that they, they have their formula. They've figured out how st what Starfield is and how it works and how they're going to expand on that because there's so much room to do so many and interesting And I can't wait for modding. Like, I am oh, yeah. so certain we're going to get some crazy stuff from mods. It'll be super exciting. Oh, yeah. 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 It's No, no, I do... I mean, like like we said with our with our sum-up, I think it's it's a game... I think it's it's a really good game. It's just one of those games where, like, it's messy. It's a Bethesda game. It is messy. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how it works, and that's that's why I it's why I compared it to <laughs> to, to uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. That entire relationship in that movie is such a mess, but at the end of it, they still and sometimes are the mess is together and satisfied. Sometimes yeah, exactly. the Bethesda bug, like I I think Brett's story was really funny, but my reaction to that would have been that's really funny. I'm just gonna go like walk out of the room <laughs> yeah. and come back in later and yeah. see if it fix itself. I, I, I will say, funny. yeah, the, the 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 Bethesda bugs in this are definitely, uh, you know, funny. There's nothing horribly game breaking to me. It's not like I'm drinking Liver Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do think the other thing that's really good with this game is that Starfield has very few functional bugs, from what I can tell. Of like, Skyrim had tons of these, which were this thing looks like it works. It says it works, doesn't work. Like, it's not going to do the thing it says it does. And it had them for ages until, like, I think one of the re-releases had a couple of fixes for these things. But there were, there were things like items that just weren't working and stuff like that. And it was just like, that sucks because it means your quest reward is terrible. Like, you did a cool quest reward and you got a thing that doesn't work. Yeah. It's not super fun, but... There aren't a lot of, like, broken quests. A lot of the, the systems that they have still coalesce into something meaningful. Like, it's not... It has the Bethesda funny bugs without any of the like game crashing. Like I'm leaving for the day. Like yeah. screw this. There was one moment where it came very, very close. Yeah, there's a couple bugs that can be. Uh, is that with the impacting? But I'm going to talk about wanna... I'm going to talk about Sarah's quest line now <laughs> because I think I think I briefly mentioned this when we talked about Starfield a little while ago. But I, I just oh my god I need I need to rant. So Sarah's Sarah's quest line is all about finding uh, going back to a planet that she was marooned on, finding her her um, potentially finding any lost companions that she had when she was with um, United Colonies, uh, when she was part of a sector of the United Colonies. Very good quest line overall. Quite enjoyed it. Um, there's a part where I initially the, the end of it, like the ending segment of it, I was really into. You fly down to this planet that's obviously far more handcrafted than the other planets you've been to, which made it feel very distinct and made it feel a lot nicer overall. You like go to, to her old like crashed shuttle that she made like a little camp out of. Super cool stuff. Then you come across an entire house, like a like a Swiss family Robinson treehouse made out of ship parts. I was like, this is so cool. And there's a little girl there. And you're like, oh my god! Like the 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 survivors of of Sarah's team, uh, like had a child and lived here. And and, and then you all... see there's just a little girl there. <laughs> exactly, and it was a really I was really into it. Like especially as someone who had like 
grown attached to Sarah as a character and it was going to be my like romance for the game, I was really, really into it. And then the game just just completely was started falling apart. Like I had sent you guys a like a gif of like a of like an old timey footage of a guy driving in a car and then the entire car just breaks apart and he's just standing there holding the wheel. That's what happened to me because there's a moment where you're you have to talk to Sona, that's the, the girl's name, Sona, about like potentially leaving the planet and coming back with them to to Jemison where she can lead a better life. And is it, you know, uh, like is it morally, is it ethically correct to take Sona from the only home that she's ever had and bring her into society? Is that good for her? Da 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 da. And if you try and convince her to come home with you, it's this constant back and forth between talking to Sona and talking to Sarah about what to do, right? Makes sense. Here's the problem. All of this is supposed to happen in the treehouse with Sona, so you can just quickly walk back and forth between the two characters. At least, I'm assuming that's how this was supposed to go, because that's not what happened for me. Sarah, for some reason, decided to walk all the way back to the ship. So to have this entire conversation oh, no. where you go back and forth between Sarah and Sona five or six times, I had to trek all the way to the ship just oh, to talk no. to Sarah, who was completely just like hanging out, sitting on, on like the top of like a, like chilling on top of a crate and talking about really serious stuff related to her quest line. Looking God. like she doesn't even give a shit. Then you have to trek all the way back. And the worst part is there's a fast travel spot for your ship and for the house. Shouldn't be too big of an issue. Kind of annoying, but whatever. Didn't work for me. Every time I would try and go from the frontier or whatever ship to Sona's house, it would just transport me right in front of the ship. So I had to walk on foot all the way across. It was right at the end of this quest line when I was really, like, getting invested in what was going on. And I, like, it, I, I snapped. I, like, I, I was almost done with the whole thing and decided to just leave. I was so frustrated because I was really into it. You have to like collect different dog tags and stuff like that and place them on graves. It was really touching and just like it almost ruined it for me. Like it didn't quite break, but oh, it was so close to just snapping entirely. And it was infuriating. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> that no, was I the mean, worst it, that the bugs got for me. Yeah, I think that's probably the worst it got for uh, across all of us. <laughs> I don't think Alex or I ran into anything that bad. It's um, like, cause like, I'm assuming, like, if you're talking to Sona, I don't, Ryan, I don't know if you finished Sarah's. Yeah, uh, I did. I'm assuming if you're talking with Sona and you're talking with Sarah, they're just in the treehouse, right? And they're yep. just like right yeah. next to each other. Nope, didn't happen. <laughs> it was infuriating. Yeah, that's a, a pretty bad bug. Because uh, <laughs> I think what happened, what I think what happens is they, they, because she was my, like, like follower for a while. Like, she was the, the companion that was following me around. And then they have her unfollow you when you get to the treehouse so that it doesn't break any of the, like... Mm. And she went back to, like, her moments. assigned any Any of their and, and so because, uh, spaghetti yeah, code. Yeah, I think what happened is she had, like, n like, removed herself as my follower and then just walked back to the ship. There was some sort of, like, sequence break that happened in there. And I'm really curious how to like reproduce it if you can how to like ha like have it or was it just the wyatt tech curse striking again that's that's the thing with bethesda games you just don't know what's bethesda jank and what's wyatt you, curse you, you just can't you, tell you have to get into qa <laughs> <laughs> i'd be the best qa person they're like oh yeah we already sent this through 
you know, several sessions. We feel pretty good about this, but we just want you to five seconds in. Excuse me. I think I'm stuck. <laughs> Everything's broken. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about about the main story or anything along those lines before we Did wrap we? up? Um, there is something. There is something I wanted to mention. Um, uh, two things. Uh, one being we were talking about exploration and how it um, is uh, a little bit neutered in this game for the reasons we were already talking about. But in terms of just like the idea of exploration, I thought it was really, really well done in terms of having it be a main theme for the story. And like, and like, because there's so many moments where, where characters are talking about like exploration through their own perspective and like what that means to them. There's also a lot of moments of like, did we push too far? And like, how much further do we want to push? Like, especially after whichever companions of your dies, of yours dies. There's a lot of, conversation about like do like is it even worth it to keep going is this our fault for pushing too hard and so that's what was so interesting was that the themes of exploration that were explored in the story were actually quite good and i really liked how they they played with that quite a bit throughout like basically the entire thing um but then the actual like gameplay exploration was like lacking which is like it just doesn't reflect such the, a weird the yeah, core such a weird story dichotomy concept. it's so interesting I will say, as so we were talking about getting into spoilers. We've spoiled a lot of you know beginning of spoiler sectiony stuff, and then very end and new game plusy things. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk at all about Earth or the Prophet. Yeah, I mean, right. I think these are more fitting for lore breakdowns because I I do think the Earth stuff is very interesting, and the idea of it being. So for people that may not have read this, because a lot of this is contained in logs and stuff and isn't directly told to you, but there is this cool through line of, like, the discovery of the grav drive. The person who discovered it um, knew that the drive itself, wherever it was being constructed, would cause basically the, the atmosphere to leak and would, over time, ruin the atmosphere. Um and rather than wait to make the technology safer before attempting it, he decided it would be better to do that because it would force everyone to adopt the technology. It would force them to move into the stars, um, which is a really interesting concept that I think they just don't explore very much of like... I wanted more. I, I wanted it to be to be kind of stretched out a little bit more because again, it's like, it plays I almost into feel like theme. after the Starborn encounter at the end, we need like an epilogue or something that is has some ability to reveal this information and see like if there's other bits around of like grav drives are what imploded Earth's gravity or Earth's uh, atmosphere and made it completely inhospitable. It would be super interesting to be like like a storyline I would love in the expansion is terraforming. Like, can we terraform planets? Yeah exploring that as an option of like can we reclaim earth or something um but I, I have a feeling it's a question that the game is just not interested in asking and more it's more about the idea of was the push to exploration and the technological leap worth the sacrifice again bringing in like how it has that theme of exploration in it and it's it really like like stretches it in a good way it really kind of <laughs> explores yeah. it a lot more but I do, I do think my biggest problem with along those lines is I don't know about you all but to me the settled systems don't ve feel very populated 
Like I think that's the the biggest downfall of they don't. having There's Earth no... be gone. There are there are literally no minor cities. There are just the major it, yeah, cities. Yeah, like I really wish we had a city that was the scale of Imperial City. Cause I do think New Atlantis is like geographically speaking the biggest city they've made and has the most like sheer amount of people, but it doesn't feel big. Just because yeah, of the they, nature of like everything and, being three big towers. And and they were talking like about you know like these are the the biggest cities we've made in any Bethesda game so far. Okay, doesn't feel like it. Like I think they're technically the biggest, but they aren't the most full of stuff. Um, like I think Skyrim, even though Solitude is technically tiny, um, it does feel like a more big area just because of like you move into the palace and whatnot. And you have like a very distinct move from lower city where people live to the like imperial army barracks to the palace to like and you have a lot of baselines there that feel more unique and i think they just didn't nail that sort of separation here of having larger areas that feel more interesting especially because spaceports hold two ships yeah <laughs> there should be a line of spaceports or people should have shuttles that they come and land in little shuttles rather than their actual i mean i mean ship. it's i find it interesting that uh, New Atlantis is their, technically speaking, like largest city that they've ever made. But Neon had way more yeah. like Neon and Aquila feel bigger. Yeah. yeah. I think what uh, would have fixed it for me is if, with all of these like randomly generated buildings that they have for all the other planets, right? Science stations, mining facilities, whatever. Just have like, even if it's kind of generic, just like little settlements on the planets too. The kind of make things feel the settled systems at least feel a little bit more lived oh they they have randomly generated settlements yeah Yeah, but they they suck the scale of like (laughs) a trailer park (laughs) isn't it uh baru's farm in star wars like the little yeah farm yeah that's like essentially it it's like there's like two people and like a general store yeah that's like it yeah i i think it just feels everything feels so sparse and disconnected comparatively um, and I, I wish we got more of that because I still think the the game and this is partly why I'm making everyone play it for the Game Pass thing that gets cities right the most from Bethesda is Oblivion oh, yeah. like Oblivion has cities that are unique they're all small but they all have really distinct architectural styles and I think and the, far more than Skyrim have a unique identity and the world map is also you know really heavily dotted with minor towns and things like that yeah, there's, Ooh, there's more interesting stuff. Which um, is just interesting to think about. Because I, I think Starfield, like, it doesn't really impact my enjoyment. Because I do think what's there in Starfield is really good. But I don't think it is a city of the scale that they had led us to believe would be there. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like I would have loved, because New Atlantis has like the start of it with the little rail system. If they had a rail system and the city was just like spread out into three big chunks or something, and the rail was actually the best way to get between them, rather than them all being in that one central area. I think just like spread things out a little more. I think the problem is that you don't, like, I would be totally fine having uh, New Atlantis be these like separate zones, because I do feel like that kind of contributes to them feeling smaller because it's not one interconnected thing. I would be fine with that if it was more apparent how big it is just visually. Even if you can't go to every yeah. spot in the one zone that you're in, if you could see the other districts, like if you could see the financial district from Mass, or you could see the the spaceport 
Oh yeah, that was another area. problem but, that I that I felt was like okay in the dis in the non mass district, like mass makes sense. Like okay, everything is going to be in this huge building, and there's going to be like some things surrounding it. Mm -hmm. In 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 the commercial district, everything was just in one building with an elevator to going to different floors. Yeah, floor. the commercial and residential like, districts are both really small too. Of like they're like, centralized oh, to a couple of tower spaces. Disappointing. Which feels weird. I think this just stands out to me in particular because I've been playing Cyberpunk, and Cyberpunk, I think Night City is the most city city in any video game ever. Oh, yeah, that's um, city. Yeah, maybe, despite it being completely non-interactable and, like, it's beautiful, but a facade, on, I think. Maybe on par or bar... Um... I'm like, what, what's, the, uh, what's the big city in The Witcher 3? But th that's also oh, Nova, a Nova, yeah, Nova Novigrad. Um And I, I think there is something to be said of like both of those are, are from games that are very different and are not as interactive in any way. Um, and obviously, like, it can't be adapted. Like, the entire game takes place in Nice City compared to Starfield. You've got many different places to explore. I think part of it is just the scale of Starfield often feels very small comparatively just because the cities are, are so tiny. Um, and I think Aquila and Neon are better. The New Atlantis at feeling large. Uh, in I think Aquila absolutely, because there's not a single loading zone in that place, and it's all just like sprawled out before you. And, and there's also, very distinct districts that you like walk in, and there's elevation differences and things. It's it's and very there's visible. Two things, there's two things that Aquila has going for it as well. A, it gets across the space cowboy frontier aesthetic. Perfectly. Oh yeah, and also I think there's a certain. I don't know if I'd call it bias, but it is the most like traditional looking Bethesda town. Yeah. Like it reminds me of like White Run. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I think it's interesting to think about just because I, I don't know exactly what the fix is here, but I, I look at it when I'm comparing like White Run to Riften and Skyrim of like White Run to me has always felt, felt small, but Riften, even though it's, I think it's a smaller city just because of the way that it's kind of layered onto itself. Yeah. And you can you have this very distinct central square and then these sort of outer ring of buildings. It feels a little bit more realized. And then it's multi leveled too. You have you have the, the, the ratway and the slums down below, and then you have the like the underground passages as well. Yeah, which is why I wonder if maybe it's just the case of like I would have preferred New Atlantis to have a building that is larger, like make the mast building legitimately stupid big like stupid size but have it be the same exact amount of functions and whatnot and like the elevator and everything but just have I it almost be wonder, larger like i almost wonder if the issue is that in in some ways uh new atlantis is so over designed that it it doesn't always show off it's it's like actual scale so one of the interesting yeah, yeah. Because I think the well one gets of the... the feeling across a lot better than yeah. the rest of new atlantis but yeah i i love those crowded cyberpunk cities um, one of one of the things too that I I have not experienced because I didn't take the trait at the beginning, uh, but for the the kid stuff with the parents, um, it shows you where they are once, and then there is never a location marker for where they are again. So good luck finding <laughs> their apartment, <laughs> and also good luck finding your apartment because uh, the one that you get at the as as a reward for for like certain quests and things once again. Shows it to you maybe once. Good luck finding your way back. I do love that you can randomly stumble upon your parents, though. That's pretty great. 
See, finding question. them in the middle of neon doing drugs was pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, While well, this is on... awkward. <laughs> While we're on the hey, topic kiddo. of like of like scale and how uh, the game scale can kind of get in its own way sometimes, I th this is something I've been thinking about during the entire game, especially because Tears of the Kingdom also came out this year. If Bethesda pulled a Nintendo and had the same galaxy, same planets, a lot of the same locations, but they just added more to it in the vein of, like, a uh, Tears of the Kingdom, where now maybe we'll, we'll throw it 20, 30 years in the future. Now there's more, like, handcrafted cities on more planets and stuff like that. And yeah. we'll keep all the same stuff. Would you be Honestly, pro or against that? I would be very pro. I think that's the right call. I'd be pro I, that. I, I think like there's also some certain ways where they could justify like the scale of doing that with um like they're they're a big threat in certain you know, like space travel missions are the electrical storms that you run into mm -hmm. um those which closing i ran into in once at the very end <laughs> those those closing in and enveloping systems entirely i can i can absolutely believe like okay um oh shit we can't travel here anymore anyone who's in like this storm system is cut off um please don't please don't travel there for your own sake yeah, yeah. No, i think it would be I like the, think it was probably it'd be um, like the the radiated wastelands in fallout 4. yeah i think there was also a a mistake when planning this is they put all of the settled systems very tightly together mm, yeah. i really feel like they should have gone for uc's at one end of the map vanguards at the other and maybe there's like a, a bit around but there is much yeah. more travel distance between the two than what actually happened, because I think that would have justified the whole colony war ruins everywhere a lot better. I think um, the idea, because I agree with you, I think the idea of what they were trying to do was like, all the settled systems are right here, which means all of the large-scale cities are here. The further out you get, the more remote it gets. Which yeah, I think is that, that kind of what they were thinking of. bad but... to me. Like, it feels that as you go more remote, there's just no point to going to the furthest star systems. Yeah. It would feel really cool if there was something there. Uh, that was more impactful. You know, right. I would be very much, yeah, I would be very much for like have the exact same planets and everything. You have your random generation, you have all that mm -hmm. in place. Now you can just add to it, and I think it has more justification than than uh, Tears of the Kingdom did, where it's like you got all these planets where you're not doing very much with. Keep everything else and just focus on like filling out those planets with more stuff. Yeah, you know, I think it would be the right call. Um, all right. So any final thoughts before we move on to shoutouts and take our leave of Starfield? And again, we'll probably talk about this game again when the DLC comes out, I expect, because I think we're all probably in for that DLC when it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, God, there's so much to talk about. It's like, it's like hard to sum up everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we've hit pretty much everything, I think, um, yeah. that we needed to there's a lot more specific stuff we could talk about down the line, but I, I think for our, this, we've covered our thoughts on it pretty heavily. Um, any final notes of, like, recommendations of quests to do, things like that? Heavily recommend um, UC Vanguard. That's I a very recent, good quest. I recently started the Ryujin quests, and those are fun. It's very corporate espionage. Yeah. No, I mean if you're if you're new to Bethesda games, if something catches your attention that seems really small, 
sometimes that can balloon into a much bigger quest than what you're <laughs> expecting. So just follow along. Just go yeah. with the wind sometime and see what happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shoutouts. Who's got one for me? You're just considering. <laughs> Um, <laughs> cover, covering the label. I, I was, uh, dur during this, the beginning of this podcast, enjoying some very, very fun organic, uh, Moroccan mint green tea. Nice. Nice. Tasty. Refreshing. Tasty tea. Hold on. I'm looking up a specific, uh, Oh, here. and, uh, shout out to, to smuggling three quarters of a pound of, uh, lo mein in coffee cups back to my apartment nice um shout out to three quarters of a pounder was it three pounds final three it can't Red have been Fall. three pounds alex that's so much low man i i had i had a good I think it was five or six large coffee cups in my hands that i was smuggling these out in because there much. were no more takeout uh, that's containers. too much low man it's a lot of low man um Shout out to the three remaining Redfall players. Oh, that's right. You don't even have enough I, for a full squad. <laughs> I uh, no, no no why why they had the biggest bump of their oh. player base after the after the update. It's now up to um at the highest point it was fifty eight players. Hmm. Mm. As opposed to the previous highest, which was thirty six. Well, uh, instead I'm of the average. Team. Which was three. I'm, I'm glad to see that the game is just doing just so well. It's it's just such and it's such a healthy state. Yeah, shout out to the what? 48 people currently playing in the group chat for Redfall. Um, what a yeah. what a, what a horrifying <laughs> like behind the scenes. What what a horrifyingly interesting interesting development story. Yeah. All right, I've got a shout out particularly for you, Alex. I think this is a game you're going to want to take a look at. A game called The Bloodline that came out in early access very recently and is a single developer take on a open sort of first person RPG thing, sandbox RPG, and it's got Vermintide inspired combat, grappling hook, huge amount of skills. It's very fun, uh, completely broken apart right now. Like it, it, it is very much an early access game, but it's surprisingly functional. Um, you can build a town in it. You can explore. It's pretty good. It's it's a very good, solid early access thing, and it's on a steep discount for having just launched. So, good go. to check it out. There you go. All right. Well, that's our show. As always, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific time on the podcast platform of your choice, YouTube and Twitch. We'll see you next time for more games talk and things. Yeah, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Was there more you wanted to add? No, I think you summed it up so perfectly. How could I ever follow?